0: Hello, hello. Welcome to Craven Iron Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Fiora. Today I'm here with Sierra Eileen, Right? All right. Uh she is a demo crew member and she's actually um I think one of the only demo crew members in uh Japan. <laughs> and uh from my understanding, you um your boyfriend or husband, right? He's in the military and uh, I'm assuming you live on base. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, how you doing?
1: Doing great. Doing great. Like I mentioned earlier, typhoons passing by. It's a little gloomy, um, but it's pretty normal for this time of year. We get a couple typhoons.
0: Mm.
1: Hurricanes in the state. same thing. But it's a good day.
0: Yeah, how long have you been to, in uh, Japan?
1: Two years. The September will mark two years.
0: Man, that's crazy. Um, totally different? Totally different experience? It is
1: very different. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's it's wild. You know, we requested to come out here just because we wanted to experience living in a whole nother culture. I wanted my daughter to experience being in another culture. Um, be, uh, to be taught Japanese too. Um, my Japanese sucks, no. but uh, she goes to a Japanese school. So, you know, she's being taught a couple different languages, which is beautiful. Um, but yeah, it's it's a culture shock when you first get here and you're actually briefed on you know their way of living and how to adapt and you know be respectful to the culture here um but it's awesome i really i'm really appreciative that we have the opportunity to live here but honestly i can't wait to get back to the states
0: yeah yeah it's been long enough do you ever uh come and visit Do you visit often
1: no we have not gone back um kind of see it as a waste of money i'd rather be spending the money traveling to all the countries nearby. So that's why we've gone to Korea, Singapore, you know, just Bali. Um, that to me is more beneficial than going back and seeing family as much as we miss them. We want to take the time and just really get to enjoy traveling here around Asia while we can, um, even though right now we're in lockdown, can't go anywhere.
0: Well, it's probably gonna, I mean, it's probably gonna be like a once in a lifetime opportunity for you guys, I'm assuming, right?
1: I think so. Um, I think once we leave, we might not come back to Asia, but who knows? We talk about, you know, if our kids really want to come back and see it, you know, we'll we'll make that time. But I think after we're done here, definitely want to try to either go back to the States um, or my husband's talking about even maybe doing a Europe tour, being somewhere stationed over there, which would be, again, another incredible experience.
0: Yeah, no, it's a not a lot of people get to like travel the world, you know, see the different part of different whole different side of the world, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's something that I recommend to people so much, like get out of the States, go see another culture, go experience it. And then you really truly realize the beauty of the U S more than anything on, on just how life is and how precious it is, you know, the freedom that we have in the U S versus, you know, seeing these other cultures and, countries where I've gone to third world countries and I'm just blown away. I can't, I can't imagine, you know, living in those conditions or, you know, not having the opportunities like you do in the States. So I feel like a lot of people take that for granted. So I, I always say, Hey, you can, please go travel and go to, don't always go to the more luxurious places. <laughs> um, go to the, the smaller countries, just see, see it from a whole nother perspective.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, one day. It's I will tell you right now, this is probably the latest podcast I've done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, I feel so bad. I was like, Oh man, he's gonna have to stay up late and I, I apologize. You know, the time difference
2: is crazy. It's awful yeah. sometimes.
0: Yeah, so if you don't know, uh so I live in Arizona and she is so it's Sunday here, Sunday eleven PM and what <laughs> it's uh it's Monday three PM, three yeah. there, right?
1: Yeah, almost 3.30 here on Monday. So I always tell people, I'm in the future.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to point it. That's a good uh, way to look at it.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it makes things complicated, you know, uh, talking to family or even with my schoolwork and sometimes my job. You know, I either have to stay up super late or I have to get up super early to accommodate the U.S. time
2: zones.
0: Yeah, but uh, I mean, I'm sure after, what, two years, you said, you get uh, adjusted pretty good, right? And you get oh,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I found it found a good routine, so not yeah. so bad.
0: So, what do you do for work?
1: I am a forensic anthropologist, forensic pathologist. Um, right now, I do a lot of contracting work, so that'll be other independent cases. Um, or for now, I've been actually working on a lot of medical cases you know, due to COVID, where they need more pathology reports. Um, but I think one of the greatest experiences that I've had for my job is being able to go into these countries uh, like Korea and Vietnam and excavate, you know, the remains of fallen soldiers, be able to identify, you know, and we, we go out there, we identify the remains as best as possible. It's sometimes it's really hard, but for me, it's the most rewarding fulfilling thing um, being able to, bring these people back home, back to their families, and give a little bit of more peace and closure. Um, and then like again, going back to, you know, seeing these other countries and being in there and traveling, and it's amazing. Um, that's, my job is just totally different, um, where like, it's opened up so many opportunities for me, again, to see the world. Um, and then a lot of times people think I'm just really creepy, you know, when I tell them, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I work with human remains. <laughs> whether that's just the bones or sometimes um I've actually been contracted on criminal cases where you know I do work with um, you know the human remains. Uh, I collect evidence or you know some some brutally uh, homicidal cases, different things like that. Um I try not to get too much detail. I really try not to even talk about it too much or post about it too much, because um, it can be, it can be a little bit depressing, a little bit gruesome. I remember when I was actually even in school, I would be sending pictures to my husband of you know things I was learning or studying or being out in a body farm, and he would absolutely hate me.
0: Did you just say did you say body farm? Yes. Done <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
1: so a lot of work on body farms, a lot of studying, and I find it amazing. I, I'm a nerd, so I, I get all excited. Um, but yeah, when I would send pictures, my husband would be like don't stop sending your pictures, I'm gonna block you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think uh, I'm a little bit more quiet on, on my work to, for the most part, especially on social media. Um, yeah. It'll, it'll, people are like, oh, you're a little creepy once they find out, but it's something that it just, since I was a little kid, I loved. I loved science, I loved forensic science, I always knew I wanted to do something with forensic science. Um, And then when I found it when I was a teenager in anthropology and pathology, I was like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. When I go back to the States, my goal is probably the FBI would would be amazing. I think that's my husband's goal, too, Mm. is to go into the FBI and to be a win-win for us to be able to be in Virginia and have, have the same, not job, but be able to go in the same building.
0: Yeah. Well, you're going to have a lot of experience up there, you know, a lot of uh, different experience that nobody's going to have. Yeah. You know, I think that's going to be your, your uh, benefit compared to everybody else.
1: Yeah. Especially being out here, you know, that's opened up a lot of windows of, of opportunity for me you know, to add to my experience. Um, Cause I always dreamed about, it, you know, even when I was studying and thinking, you know, I would, I would love to be able to go to these other countries and, and bring home fallen soldiers. That's, that was always one of my biggest things And I thought I'll I'll never get the opportunity. I'll never get that chance. Um, And then when my husband said, Hey, I might be going to Japan. I was like, that's my foot in, you know? So when we got over here, I really had to work hard um, because when you come to Japan, you actually have to go to the mainland and go in front of a board um, and be licensed and, you know, be credited to work over here, even though, I'm in technically in a U.S. base and, and whatnot. It's a huge process, a lot of money. It was really nerve-wracking and stressful, but it was worth it.
0: Yeah, and uh, Japan's not that cheap. I mean, like, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, they're uh, all high tech. Like, I always, I always wanted to go to Japan just because of their, just their tech. You know what I mean? They're yeah. so much more advanced than the U.S. It's crazy.
1: It it is in certain ways, especially mainland, uh, here in Okinawa, it's almost kind of like stepping back in time a little bit. Um, certain areas it's really a lot more rural here in Japan. Um, but yeah, mainland, they're just, they're all high tech. Everything is in a vending machine, no
2: Mm -hmm. matter what
1: you want. Um, here, there's a lot of vending machines, but it's really for, um, hot coffees, cold drinks, uh, different things like that. There's even cigarette vending machines on like every corner. Um, but yeah, it's some of the technological stuff is amazing. And I think the one thing I'm actually going to miss the most is how I would say technologically advanced and clean their bathrooms are. Oh, jeez! You go in there and it was intimidating at first, but there's like a million buttons and everything is like talking to you in Japanese. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen cars. I believe it's cars too.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: uh, you have kids. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I got kids.
2: Disney.
1: <laughs> that depiction of Mater when he goes into the bathroom stall was the most accurate thing I've ever seen.
2: Oh. <laughs> so, when
1: I first saw that, I about died laughing because I was like, that is so true. You go in here and everything is talking to you in Japanese. and You see all these buttons and the bidet and you can like adjust the spray settings. The As soon as you walk in, the toilet starts spraying stuff and making noises before you even touch it. A little scary. Jeez. But now that I've gotten used to it, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go back to the States to go with the dirty bathroom. Mm -hmm. It's a luxury now. Um, But yeah, Japanese people, they've taken everything above and beyond. And it's pretty amazing. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I heard they have like uh, vending machines for cars. You just go up and pick your car if you want.
1: (laughs) They might. I haven't seen that here. Um, I didn't actually get a chance to roam around mainland when I was there um but we're planning on taking another trip as soon as we can when my husband probably gets back from his deployment and then we really just want to venture out and see all of Tokyo see um Osaka and different places
0: yeah uh so i mean it's um it's super interesting it's really interesting to me like to hear more about Japan but uh this podcast is to get your story and I'm curious actually how you got to Japan and why you I mean I'm sure your husband uh kind of had a choice to go to Japan right
1: kind of sort (laughs) of
0: kind of um but uh anyways yeah let's get into your uh backstory where'd you grow up um how'd you grow up uh you have kid you have a son right
1: I have two kids son a daughter and a son
0: okay and um yeah so What's your backstory? What makes you you?
1: Hmm. Um, that is a long uh, story. So, like I said, I took notes. I'm um, trying to condense everything. Um, <laughs> I grew up, though, I really had a rough childhood. Um, my parents were about 16, 17 years old when they had me. And, you know, being young, immature, you know, they, they made some irresponsible decisions. And they kind of ultimately chose drugs and alcohol over me. Um, you know, and during my childhood, you know, it was a lot of physical abuse, mental abuse, even sexual abuse. Um, but thankfully by the grace of God, when I was about three and a half years old, um, my great grandparents rescued me. Um, my, my parents split up. My dad was the one that got custody over me, but you know, he was still young and pretty much said he didn't want to do it anymore. Um, so my grandparents took me in. They, um, they were very, very old school because like, they were born by, I think the thirties.
0: Boomer status. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So I was kind of raised almost in a whole other time, time, you know, lifetime, um, I was raised on a, a ranch. So every day it was wake up at 3am, you know, go feed all the animals, go clean out the barn, go do everything that the ranch needed to be done before school, you know, come home pretty much do it all again after school. Um, My grandparents were, you know, the epitome of of hardworking, you know, because that's just, that was their generation. And that's how I was raised. And as a kid, you know, I grew up and I hated it. I I was like, nobody else has to, you know, do all the work that I do. Nobody else wakes up this early. You know, all my friends do this and this. But I look back, you know, and I'm really thankful for the way I was raised um, because it it did build me into who I am now. Um, And on top of being strict, they were preachers.
2: So then that just
1: made it things even more, um, over the top, I would say, you know, I wasn't even allowed to to go to other people's houses. You know, I wasn't allowed to wear shorts. I wasn't allowed to wear, you know, things I saw everybody else wearing, you know, um,
0: little double whammy there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was very, very sheltered. I was just, I was this girl that was just very, very sheltered. Um, you know, couldn't even sit, sit down and watch TV. My grandparents were like, hey, if you're sitting down, you got too much time on your hands. We're going to put you to work. You know, they always found something for me to do. Um, And when it comes to being in church, you know, I grew up learning every instrument they could throw at me so that I could be the worship leader. And that's what I was as I got older. I was the worship leader, became the youth minister. Um, But my passion ultimately was always sports. I've always been an athlete. Um, I played everything from soccer, baseball, football, basketball. Did track and field did a little bit of wrestling, um, and I just love sports. My only downfall was, ever since I can remember, I've always been in pain. I remember being a little girl just waking up, just crying because my legs and my hips and my knees were just in so much dying pain. And um, growing up in a little town didn't really probably have the best doctors, and mm-hmm. uh, nobody could ever tell me what was wrong. I always just got told take some Advil and stop playing sports and stop playing sports was not an option for me. I was like, no, I love, I love playing sports. That was, that was my best thing. Biggest thing. I loved it. Um, so I just grew up, I wake up, take Advil at lunchtime, take Advil, you know, before practice, take Advil after practice, take Advil. Awful, awful. I look back, I just, I can't even imagine what my liver (laughs)
2: looks like
1: (laughs) Um, at 13 years old. I had to have my first knee surgery. Um, that was from football, uh, tore my meniscus, uh, just snapped it completely. And then a couple years later, I tore ACL, um, MCL, PCL, everything that was in Mm -hmm. soccer, had to have another knee surgery. Jeez. (laughs) And, yeah, that was my senior year, too, and I had already um, established a soccer scholarship. Um, But after that, the rehab didn't go very well. Um, I lost, like, almost two inches of muscle mass on my left leg. And I don't want to say I had a bad physical therapy team. I just, I don't think, I don't know what happened. The recovery just was not there. Um, so I ultimately made the decision, you know, after high school, I was like, I'm, I guess I'm done, done playing sports. Um, I guess it's not in the cards for me. Um, so I graduated at 16, um, got my first car and everything, got into college.
0: You graduated high school at 16? Yes. My gosh.
1: Here's I did. Scotland, huh? <laughs> I you know that's kind of what they said um I I skipped a grade I skipped third grade uh, when I was younger um but also I think what drove me the most was my grandparents always said hey when you when you finish school you are free free to do whatever you want and so that's what drove me
0: I'm gonna get the fuck out of here
1: Exactly. <laughs> I think I was just so sheltered and I, I I, didn't like that. You know, I wanted to go see the world. I wanted to go experience everything. Um, I was like, hey, I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to do this schoolwork as fast as I can. I, I did my schoolwork year round. Um, so yeah, so that's why when 16 came around, you know, and I had finished, I was like, hey, done. <laughs> Bye. Um, so yeah, so 16, I've been out on my own. I've been on my own since I was 16, pay my own bills, had my own apartment, had my own car, got my first like real job. Obviously, you know, I worked on the ranch and worked on everybody else's ranch around us because that's how it goes when you're a little kid in a small town, you work on all the ranches. But my first official job uh, was actually at Culver's. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Arizona has some Culver's.
0: Yes, we do. (laughs)
2: delicious
0: I love that place <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I think it's um, it's it's one of those nice uh, it, it's it's like a, uh, it's different fast food good food yeah. the ice cream is fucking amazing
1: custard yes
0: yes, yes. if you look online and you actually order the good stuff because on their yep. menu outside doesn't really have that much but uh, you go online and they have so much shit it's like oh my gosh but, oh yeah But uh, no, it's it's like a restaurant where you go in and sit down. But instead, you just pull up in the parking lot. You have your number like you would put on your like the edge of your table. Mm -hmm. You put it on your window and they come out and they feed you and shit. It's pretty good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. I I fall in love with their customer service. I think that's the biggest thing is I've always had. I was always taught, you know, to have that servant's heart. You know, you're here on this planet to serve others. And and Culver's has that. That's why you know, they go above and beyond. And it's. It was amazing. I, I fell in love with that mentality that they had. And, and obviously that was my first job and I just worked my way up and I stayed with them all through college. Oh, okay. But, but how I did not end up weighing 300 pounds working there
0: for well, so long, I do not know. I mean, it's not, it's not terrible food though. It's different when you're no. at McDonald's or Jack in the box that, uh, you know, serve you shit. So,
2: mm-hmm. you know, Very true.
0: my, I mean, my wife is a full Jack in the box fan. To like a full-hearted Jack of the Mox fan yeah i'm just a chicken and rice fan from you know walmart or smith's but <laughs>
1: yeah. oh yeah my husband my husband loves all fast food he, he loves it all and we you know if we're traveling it's awful i try to stay away from it but you know i'm a, I'm a big foodie too so <laughs> yeah i'm like but but Culver's yeah luckily you know they they do have like really good salads and that's one thing i'd order almost mm-hmm. all the time but but yeah being a casual dining restaurant they definitely stand
2: apart from McDonald's and all that stuff
0: yeah i wouldn't but put that, them if you had to if you had to like categorize Culver's i'd put them with like uh Denny's i don't know maybe
1: kind of sort of yeah they they took the concept of fast food and they just They outdid themselves, you know?
0: know. Well, I mean, like I said, they... kind of has, like, the waitressing. Yeah, they kind of make it uh, seem like you're sitting in a restaurant, but you're in a car, you know? Mm -hmm. It's still fast food, but uh, it's nice. You don't have to sit in line forever. They're they're always so busy, but there's never a line. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's quick, and the food's never bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. Everything, if it's done right, everything should always be fresh, made to order. Yeah, um, that's how we always ran it. But yeah, yeah, I love Culver's. I love everything about the company. Um, and you know, and when I love something, I'm very passionate about it. So to this day, I'm like, you know what? If I ever decide to get back into the restaurant industry, own oh my own restaurant, I'll go with Culver's hands down because they're just they're wonderful people. You know, I've I've met the owners, I've met the CEO. You know, I've met a lot of the regional managers and stuff, and they're just always great people. They're always amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was like my first official job. Um, that's actually where I met my husband. That was his like a first, you know, big official job too. Uh, but before uh, him and I actually started dating, I was in a relationship with somebody that I really should have never even been in a relationship with. He was, he was just not a good person. Um, but during that time with him, you know, I suffered a lot of, mental abuse from him it was constantly uh you know you're you're not good enough you're ugly you know you would be so much better if you looked like her you know you'd be so much better if you you know wore more dresses you know acted like this like this i'm i was such a tomboy my whole life i never wore dresses you know i never did my hair super fancy i never did my nails but this guy would always put me you know say you know i need to be like this you need to be like this you know and yeah, it was just, it was awful. And it was, started with the mental abuse and then I got to the physical abuse You know, and I'd always be showing up to work with, with different marks, bruises, things. And, and I'd always lie and I'd always cover up for this guy. And I didn't know at the time, I thought I was a good liar, <laughs> but my husband later on told me, he was like, no, we, we all knew what was going on. Like everybody there knew, you know, what was happening and like, you know, we, we talked about it and, um, And then from the mental abuse, verbal abuse, you know, it escalated, you know, like I said, to the physical abuse, Um, it got to the point where he beat me so bad was I was in the hospital, you know, almost dead. Um, I didn't know during that time that I guess my husband had took it upon himself to actually confront the guy and and say, you know, if he ever came near me again, that he would do bad things to him. and it shocked me because I didn't, I didn't know that my husband did that for a really long time. And him and I weren't even really that close. I kind of would always work the opposite shift of him. Um, so it was always just like a brief high and bye kind of thing.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, um, but later on, you know, I, you know, I did break off, break it off with that guy after that incident. Um, and, you know, and then I found out that my husband had said that, you know, so I, um, I started talking to him a little bit more, you know, and I said, you know, thank you, you know, thank you for at least, you know, even giving me that extra help of making sure that the guy doesn't really come around. Um and he was just always very, very sweet. My husband was always just very, very sweet. Uh, he never like hit on me, he never flirted with me. Um, but you know, we'd always start talking, start texting more and hanging out a little bit. And I always kinda thought I was like, Maybe maybe he's not into me, you know, because I started getting like a little crush on him. Um, but I always saw, you know, like all the girls talking about him and, and talking to him and, and I was like, all right, you know, he's not that into me. Um, maybe I'm not as tight, you know, he just sees me as a friend, but I was like, oh, that's okay. Um, but finally it just like it kept going.
0: Relationship too. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that left, you know, that left a lot of, you know, mental damage in me. You know, I I did not have self-confidence. Um, especially you know, with a lot of things that happened to me as a little girl, I think my self confidence was never very high to begin with. Um, and then being in that relationship, yeah, you know, I I would always think to myself, you know, when when I would even think about my husband, I was like, ah, oh, you know, I'm not good enough for him. You know, he could have anybody. Why would he want me? You know, I'm just damaged goods. You know, everything that I've been through. Um. So yeah, so it was a little bit, you know, of that. I'm like yeah, I kind of want him to ask me out, and then I was like, ah, you know, I, I don't know if it would even work because I don't think I'm good enough. Um, but finally, <laughs> I'm actually the one that asked him out. Finally, got to the point where I was like, hey, want to hang out? And um, and you know, and he, he was like, yeah, of course. And even on that first date, he was amazing. He was just very sweet, um, just an extreme gentleman. Um, but ever since then, we were just inseparable. And so we've been together since we were 16. Um, We're still together now, obviously. But he's been my best friend from that that day on. Um, I was uh, my freshman year of college when we first met. And then he was just graduating high school. And then he went off to boot camp. And I finished out my undergrad there. And then um, I applied for ASU. And then I moved to Scottsdale, Arizona, um, to go to ASU, and then that's where I finished my um, graduate school. So during that time, he went off to boot camp, and then obviously he went everywhere where the Marine Corps told him to go. Um, and he kept throughout the whole the, all those years, he kept asking me to marry him, like over and over, like hey, you know, like, will you marry me? And I was like, ah. I would always give all these excuses, you know, like. No, like, you know, am too busy with school, you know, too busy with work, you know, I, I want to do all this stuff because, you know, I'm I'm very goal-oriented, so I always had, you know, this plan, this plan, you know, so I was like, let me just do this, and let me just do this, and we'll figure it out later. Um,
0: well, and I'm sure that it was, like, a little hard because uh, he was gone most, a lot of the time and, you know, traveling with, for the military. Because I know when you first graduate boot camp, I mean, just being in boot camp alone, you don't see him for what, uh, six months? And
1: The Marine Corps is 13 weeks, wow. um, and they do have the longest boot camp. But right after boot camp, you know, they are sent to um, go what they call their MOS, their military occupational specialty. So mm-hmm. they go to their special school where, again, you know, you really can't even see them because they are training for about six months to learn okay. whatever it is that they're supposed to do in the military. So yeah, so overall, yeah, like the first year they're in the military, you don't even see him really because they are doing so much. Um, and then also I had that always in the back of my head, well, we're long distance, he's gone. He's gonna find somebody better than me. You know, someone prettier, somebody smarter, you know, like someone who hasn't been through everything that I've been through and he'll be way happier. So I always was just like beating myself down and I always thought like he was too good to be true. I was like, he's such a good guy. He's so sweet. He's so amazing. You know, like, I was always waiting for something to happen, for him to, like, slip up, you know, something, you know, someone tell me something. Um, because I just didn't think it was, you know, I didn't think I'd ever have, like, that happy fairy tale ending. Um, but, you know, he was just just the most loyal, amazing man that I ever met in my life. You know, I really feel like he was just such a, a blessing. You know, like, God put him in my life. Um, for a very specific reason because if it wasn't for him I probably would have you know went downhill in a lot of certain ways Um, you know he brought that joy and that happiness to me that I really never felt Um, and you know I I, that's one of the main things that I just I love about him
2: because you know he's
1: always so supportive and he's always he has never put me down in any single way he's never put any of my crazy goals or dreams down you know because I've I'm like I said I'm very goal-driven and I cannot ever just be sitting still And I think that's something that my grandparents you know they just hammered into me that I always have to be doing something I always have to have a goal you know never never settle for second best on anything so you know when I told him I'm like all right let me just get my bachelor's degree and I was like wait no, I want to get my master's wait no I want to get my PhD and I was like wait I want to get another
2: degree you know and
1: he he was always just like go for it. You know, like, full support. He's always been amazing. Um, But I finally told him one time, I was like, yeah, let me just finish my degree and then we'll get married. And he was like, all right. He's like, I support you, your decision. And um, the day I graduated, (laughs) he calls me up and he's like, I'm so proud of you. You did it. Congratulations. I bought you a plane ticket. I got us a house. You're gonna marry me. It was no question. It was you're gonna marry me now. Like you
0: already you already said yes, you're you're screwed now. <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> pretty much. he was like, I'm tired of waiting. He's like, I'm done waiting. He's like, it's been four years. Um, he's like, you you did this. Uh, you you accomplished what you set out to do. He's like, I'm not gonna hold you back, obviously, I know you still want to do more. He's like, but we're getting married. <laughs> so I was like, all right, you yeah, know I couldn't couldn't disagree with him. Um, and, you know, I knew I'd never find anybody that loved me more, that was you know better for me. And he always put up with me with everything. Um, so, yeah, so we got married. Um, and then I think it was only like three months, two months maybe into our marriage. Um, I ended up pregnant. Uh, it was not planned, obviously, you know, blessing, but it wasn't planned. I I really never planned on having kids. Um, I think that just goes back to I saw how um, traumatic my childhood was, and I never wanted a child to go through what I went through. And I I always told myself like I I think if I had a kid I would just stress out so much. That I'd be so scared um, that they would go through the pain and the suffering that I went through. And I and I couldn't do that. Didn't ever want that to happen. Um, but so. So my son was unexpected. I was on birth control, but I was like, all right, you know, I, I guess God has different plans for us. Um, six months into the pregnancy, I was only 21 weeks. My husband was gone, um, on a ship and there's no way to, to contact him when they're out floating in the middle of the sea. Um, for a couple days I was suffering with really bad uh, back pain and I just didn't feel good, but I still went to work. I still went to my classes and And I just kind of pushed through it. Um, Yeah, I've I've lived my life, my whole life pretty much in pain. So I just, I've always just learned to cope with it and just be like, it's nothing. Keep going. Um, After a few days, though, I realized something's wrong. Yeah, I I, I need to go get checked out. So I went to the doctor and they said, you're in labor. Uh, I was like, "Uh, I'm only 21 weeks yeah, I was like, I'm only twenty one weeks pregnant. I can't be in labor And they're like, You're in labor so they they admitted me. Um, they gave me a couple different types of medication that would try to stop the labor because um, their goal was to stop the labor, hopefully stop it for uh, hopefully be able to keep baby in for a couple more weeks because I think the youngest baby delivered was about twenty three weeks, twenty four weeks is when they say, they have a, a better chance of survival. Twenty-one weeks, there's almost no chance. Um, so I'm there in the hospital. I'm, I'm by myself. Uh, can't contact my husband. I really don't have any family. My grandparents were like the only family I had. Um, so yeah, so it's just me by myself and just praying. You know, I was just praying to God that you know that everything would be in His hands and everything would be okay. You know, and save. Save the baby, um, but after they had done a couple of different tests, the doctor had come in about I remember it was about three a.m. and he said, "You have a severe infection in your uterus. Mm. Like it's just, it's just a freak accident. He's Like there's nothing that you could have done to prevent it." He's like, "But you're going to deliver the baby. He's like you can't stop it. It's Like your body sees this infection and is just trying to get it out." Um, he, and he told me he's like. We'll deliver the baby. He's Like we're all, we're gonna put him in your arms. We'll probably only live for a few minutes. He um, can't breathe on his own. Um, so that's pretty much what happened. Um, I gave birth. I put him in my arms, and um, you know, at that age, their eyes are still fused shut. His skin was still transparent. Um, he was only thirteen ounces. Um, but he actually ended up living for over an hour. Um, so it was a lot longer than what they said. So I, you know, I, I was, you know, gr- grateful for that. You know, that I got to just hold him and be with him and for that amount of time. Um. But it was it was just it was this heartbreaking experience that you know I, I had to go through alone. My husband, you know, was gone. And he didn't even he wasn't even there for the funeral. He wasn't there to, um, you know, see him, hold him, say goodbye to him. And I just completely just shut down. Um, You know, I went into like major depression. Uh, I didn't even, I didn't even want to talk to anybody. I didn't even want to do anything. Uh, Obviously, I just kept to myself, but I still did my schoolwork. I still went to work, but there was just no life. I didn't feel like I had a purpose. Um, Very, very depressed. My doctor wanted to put me on all sorts of medication and different things and, uh, and I did. I um, I said yes. I was like, sure, I'll take it. I'll take the antidepressants and whatnot. Um, I took them. I really never felt like they did much. Um, but finally, my husband got back from his deployment, and he was like, "Give me the pills." <laughs> he took the pills, flushed them down the toilet. He was like, "You don't need these pills. Like, what you need is to get up, go to the gym." And I was like.
2: All right,
1: sure, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and so we started, he he helped me write down my little workout plan. We started going to the gym together and I fell in love. Obviously, I, I loved working out when I was a kid, you know, in high school and stuff, but the workouts we did in high school, you know, were just garbage.
0: Yeah, you just Dude. throw away or you just throw around some weight and it just like, oh, see, something's happening, but in reality, you're just playing a whole bunch of sports and that's why you're fit.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. the only reason why I was lean, had muscle, and had abs was just because I'm a kid that's just running around constantly. Yeah. Um, and you know, and we'd go to the gym after football practice, but it was always like, hey, let's do a couple sets of squats, let's do a couple lap pull downs, let's do, you know, running up and down the stairs. I call it a day. You know, like it was just garbage. <laughs> I look back and I'm like, what are these PE coaches and stuff like? Like, why don't they actually train like legit? But Whatever. But yeah, so we got into the gym and you know, we started doing like bodybuilding style workouts and you know, and like, hey, today is back and biceps, you know, tomorrow's chest and triceps, you know, we got leg day, you know, so it was very um that bodybuilding style and I and I instantly fell in love. Obviously I was didn't really know what I was doing um when it came to, you know, like a lot of the isolation workouts and stuff and but you know, my husband walked me through it and and yeah, like little by little, I just, I had that sense of purpose just come back into me. And you know, I was like, yeah, you know, it, like I said, I'm very goal oriented. So it's like, once I started, I was like,
2: oh, you know, now,
1: I, now I gotta be the best. Now, I, now I gotta look like this, like this. I want this, I want that. Yeah. So it's like that, just lit that fire inside of me. Um, and it gave me, you know, like a happiness back. Um, but then again, my husband had to leave. So I'm all by myself. And I'm like, all right, you now i I need to go train shoulders and, Four years, my left shoulder has been a huge problematic thing for me, and I think it stems from baseball. I used to pitch, mm. and you know, after after practice, after games, my shoulder would be just killing me. Um, so I probably tore my labrum back then, and never knew it um, until years later. But yeah, so like I'd go in and I would train shoulders, and I'd be like, oh, my shoulder's killing me probably not doing something right. So I remember one day I was like, all right, let me just look up how to do these exercises. Right. Cause I, my husband's not here to tell me my form is crap um, or that I'm doing something wrong. I was like, so let me look, look this up. And I remember typing in like how to perform a side raise, um, and scrolling through and I see this like big buff dude, like he's massive. He's got a beard. I'm like, this guy knows what he's doing. I click on the video and it ends up being Seth Berosi.
0: Yeah. Huh? I saw that coming.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big dude with the beard, Seth Barosi.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it ended up being Seth Berosi and, and I just I loved the way that he was explaining it. I loved like his passion like you could tell he was so passionate about it. Yeah. Um, but like yeah, but he was so in depth versus the other videos I'd watched, like thirty seconds of it and I was like, all right, this is it's not helping. I don't like this. You know, was getting nowhere. But his was so informative. His passion—you could see it just like coming through the screen. It was amazing. And I was like, hey, I like this guy. And I just thought he was just um, I don't know, just random fit dad or something. <laughs> I, I didn't think he was IFB pro. I didn't, I didn't know anything about him. Um, but I was like, hey, I, I like this guy. And I remember going to his his YouTube channel and subscribing, and then I just went through all his videos. And I just, I like, was addicted. And, um, so I would go into the gym and I'd follow his workout videos, like how he would explain it and run it through, and, and that's when I fell in love with him. And I remember even, uh, sending, cause my husband could email me, so I remember sending him an email saying, hey, I found this, this really big buff dude on YouTube, and he's amazing, I was like, I think you would like him, he cusses just as much as you do, um, I was like, but, I was like, it's awesome, I was like, I feel like I'm actually, uh, you know, doing something in the gym, I feel like I'm learning a lot, and and that's when I really did fall in love with actual bodybuilding, more like lifestyle and mentality, and the way you lift, um, and then when my husband got back, while he was gone, he got into a whole other kind of lifting, um, he found this guy, I don't know if you know him, he's called him Mark Riptoe. Um, and it's all about kind of like bench squat deadlift. And that's almost all oh, that guy's, yeah, that's like almost all the guy does is bench squat deadlift. So my husband found that and he fell in love with that. So when he got back, I thought we would, you know, work out together again. And it just is not a good idea. Cause he was like, "No, don't know, we're going to bench squat deadlift and that's it. And I was like, wait. That's not what Seth Brosi says. Yeah. I was like, he says I need to do this, this, and this, and he was like, I'm not doing that. That's not what I want to do. So now my husband and I, we actually don't work out together. Um, we may go to the gym at the same time, but he does his own thing. I do my own thing. Um, uh, but now I feel like I'm a little bit more of a subject matter expert um, because you know I I studied it and I you know I follow what Seth says like. Seth is my, my coach in my, in my little head. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so my husband and I, we, we can't even work out together now because we just clash heads because I'm like, yeah, we're going to do isolation workouts. And he was like, no, I'm not doing that. So, I'm all right. You do you, I will do. me. Um, have,
0: have you tried his uh, 12-week program?
1: That's 12-week program?
0: Yeah.
1: No, I have not. Um, just because I – I don't feel like I'm at that point of, of just trying to, like, gain a lot of mass. Yeah. Um, Because when he put that out, I was pregnant with my son, I believe. I was pregnant with – yeah, I think I was pregnant with my son or my daughter. I can't remember. And now I was pregnant and I saw that and I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to, you know, have the baby and then put on mass because when I got pregnant with my daughter, I had this terrible thing when I was pregnant called – no fucking self-control. <laughs> and I ate everything on site and I gained 75 pounds.
0: I think that's what you, what's supposed to happen because my wife went through the same thing where I was doing uh, midnight runs to the gas station for candy and shit for some reason. And
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think, yeah.
0: I think it's like a natural thing when you're pregnant. I don't know.
1: I, you know, especially with hormones. I, you know, I think you know, every woman's different. So everyone's hormones level levels are different, but I think mine were just through the roof because before I even knew I was pregnant, you know, obviously I'd gotten into this whole fitness and this whole bodybuilding thing, and then I got to the point where I'm like, all right, um, I had gained like 10 pounds of muscle. I went from like 130 to like 140, 145, um, and I was like, sweet, I'm you know, I'm getting there. This is awesome. But then I was like, I want to kind of lean out because I wasn't seeing abs. You know, I was just, I was just getting bigger. I was like, I didn't, I didn't see my abs. Um. So I started this really strict diet I realized after a month I was gaining weight. I'm like, why am I still gaining weight? I'm eating, I'm eating nothing but like salad. Um, started pregnancy test and realized I was pregnant. Nah. Um, and that was with my daughter and I, it was again, not planned. I was on birth control. Um, but yeah. And then I'm telling you, I could never, nothing would ever satisfy me. Like I would, I'd eat and 10 minutes later I would feel hungry again. So I just kept stuffing my face, (laughs) Um, and yeah, I got to about 205 pounds. Um, So all the work that I made, I felt like it just went right out the door. Um, All the muscle, I felt like I lost it all and just got fat. Um, And then, you know, she's my firstborn, so after, even after I had her, I didn't feel comfortable putting her in daycare Uh, just because, you know, I was so overprotective, and it just went back to that fear of, you know, things happen to me as a little girl that, you know, I would just die if something happened to my daughter. So I, I was so overprotective of her, you know, especially firstborn. I was like, nope, can't put her in daycare. Um, I'm just going to stay at home with her, um, until she's a year old. Um, or at least until she can start talking a little bit more, kind of verbalize, you know, if-
0: understanding a little bit and can let you know if something's wrong or whatever, you know, yeah. It's a comfort thing, I get it. <laughs> yeah, you know?
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So for the whole first year, um, after I had my daughter, I actually lost all the weight, but it was with diet alone. I didn't even step foot into a gym. Um it was hundred percent diet. I just meal prepped and and the eighty pounds just came off. Um when she was about a year and a half, that's when I uh, enrolled her in the daycare and that's when I started lifting weights again. And I thought, you know, like oh, I'm gonna make all this progress is gonna be great, and my shoulder just kept bugging the heck out of me. Like this left shoulder, uh, it was just pain no matter what I did. was it a pressing motion, whether it was, you know, a side raise, like I just couldn't figure it out, and I would get so frustrated, and I'd, I'd even cried come home and cry and be like, I can't, can't even lift the weight because my shoulder hurts so bad. Um, so I would, I would take some time off, you know, thinking, all right, let me just. Wait around, see if it gets better, get back in the gym. Nothing would change. Um, So I went to the doctor and obviously maybe medicine's not the best. And they were just like, oh, your shoulder hurts, physical therapy. So I did physical therapy uh, three days a week. Um, Had a great team, though. I loved my physical therapy team. They were amazing. Um, But even with physical therapy three times a week, I still had so much pain.
0: Uh, Shoulders ain't no joke. I mean... I pulled my rotator cuff because I went on the uh, it's so the first time I did an intermittent fasting diet, and um, so I did the intermittent fasting diet. I dropped my weight because I was I was working out in the garage, and I only have three hundred uh, pounds in the garage, and that's like with every everything stacked onto the bar, you know. And uh, anyway, so I was just throwing around three hundred pounds, so like bench or deadlift or whatever, right? And, uh, I'm doing that again because of the quarantine shit, but, and no right. gyms being open in Arizona, but, uh, yeah. So anyways, I ended up, uh, I dropped the weight, ended up increasing the intensity, um, doing a lot of Seth's workouts. I actually did his, uh, his 12 week program for a little while. Um, and I just, but I dropped the weight and it's having I mean, a shit ton of reps, but uh, anyway, so I was like, ah, oh, you know what? It's been like a month since I have even tried 300. I'm gonna throw it back on. So I had my wife go out there because I don't have a spot or whatever. And when I'm kind of skeptical on what I'm doing, I'll say, hey, can you just come out here and you know, if I'm gonna die, at least just take a picture <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, just. At least
1: it would uh, be a cool
0: death. <laughs> yeah, just tell, just tell them I was benching like 700 pounds or something, doing yeah. something stupid, you know. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so. I ended up uh, having her out there with me and, uh, did 300 and I did it like five times and I was like, ah, oh, that was a little, you know, that was more difficult than I expected, but I'm going to do it again. And I felt a little weird in my shoulder. So, uh, I was like, I'm gonna do five more. Fuck it. Why not? You know? Cause I used to do five sets of five of 300. That's, I mean, that, that was like my set thing. I used to start at 300 and that was like shocking the muscle and all that shit. Anyways.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I was like, ah, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. So I ended up doing it. I, in my second one came down in my shoulder. I felt it in my shoulder a little bit, but I was like just being stupid because I used to be able to throw it around like nothing, you know? So, uh, I ended up hearing a pop, just pop and oh. I, uh, my wife couldn't get it off of me. And I put the stupid fucking clips on the end.
2: No. Yeah. So <laughs> I ended up,
0: I ended up just pushing it up and putting it back anyways. But, uh, I couldn't bench for like it was like 3 months I didn't bench like I didn't even get close to 300 cuz my shoulder would kill me so I looked up a whole bunch of different ways to um to fix the problem and I didn't see anybody you know I just said oh well I think it's my rotator cuff you know because I mean you could you could feel it you kind of you kind of know where it is and you know yeah. what it is but uh what sucks with the shoulder is you use it for fucking everything
2: <laughs> Exactly <laughs> you know?
0: So um so yeah, I was I was kind of in the same situation, but then I was like, you know what? Maybe I just need my shoulders to get a little stronger because I let it, I gave it time to heal and everything, you know. So I was like, it should be fine. But uh, what sucks is like it won't hurt, but then like a quarter way through the workout, you'll do something, and then it's like, well, now my workout's fucked, and you can feel it the whole workout. You know what I mean? So uh, I said maybe I'll just get it stronger. So every day didn't matter if it was arms, back shoulders chest didn't matter i was doing side lateral raises as a warm-up just to yeah. just to warm up the shoulder and yeah. it was it was like five to ten pounds you know just lightweight
1: yeah around a little bit.
0: yeah i ended up buying uh i ended up buying the um the bands you know i used to i started using bands to warm it up and uh anyway so i ended up helping a lot and then uh I ended up getting with um, the demo crew and taking Action and supplements. And uh, the um, man, I got a brain fart. The
1: elbow grease?
0: Yeah, elbow grease. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that ended up helping a lot. Like, I, yeah. I, I. Oh, yeah. Every now and then I still feel it, you know, but uh, like it's nothing like it was before. Now I. I mean, I have, I go like weeks without feeling it and it's amazing. But then I have that one time where I do like a shoulder workout and cause I mean, you know, with shoulder pain experience, you know, you like you, you learn that, okay, well this workout's not feeling the best. So I'm not going to do that one anymore. I'm just yeah. going to do like maybe one set and you're like, Nope, I'm not going to do it. Cause I don't want to fuck my whole shoulder up again. And yeah. Shoulders are like, <laughs> that's like, everything in a workout you know yeah you don't know that until you fuck up a shoulder
1: exactly it's awful and, and you know i think almost anybody I, i've met that has really loved bodybuilding has told me like yeah i've had shoulder surgery or my shoulder hurts. like it's awful and dealing with shoulder pain i wouldn't wish that on anybody because like you said it affects everything yeah and you know it's affected me since the moment i fell in love with bodybuilding and i just let it hinder me for a really long time because everyone just said I'll take time off or you know or my doctor would say well don't lift I, you know stop lifting stop stop bodybuilding just stop you know and i would mean, be like, you don't understand like I don't want to stop this is what I want to do um I love it um so yeah so I I felt like even when um when I first started you know, I couldn't make that progress that I wanted to and then, and then I got pregnant with my daughter I gained all that weight um, then I had to lose it and then I had to gain muscle again, you know, so I'm like, man, I keep, I feel like, I just go right back to square one. But, but, you know, luckily, you know, at that point, you know, I still had like Seth in my life and, and I was still watching his videos. And so like every day when I do my cardio, I always watch, um, whatever workout that I had planned for the next day. So I do my cardio after my workout. And if I wanted, when I was going to be back, you know, I'd watch like Seth's back workout. Um. But, but yeah, like i go in there and I just, any kind of shoulder exercise would kill me. Any kind of bench press exercise would kill me. Um, and I just, I was able to pack on muscle again cause I went back down to like that 130 super skinny, no muscle. And then I packed on you know, more muscle. Um, I went back up to about 140. Um, and then finally, uh, Navy medicine was like, hey, uh, you've been in physical therapy for about two years because I I would I went to physical therapy even before I was pregnant with my daughter while I was pregnant with my daughter after <laughs> after I had my daughter so they saw me through like this whole all these stages um, they saw me you know before during pregnancy after pregnancy they were with me. the team was amazing they were with me the whole way um, but yeah even they were like hey you've been here for like two almost three years and your shoulders are still killing you. Um, I was like, yeah, well, Navy medicine says I just need physical therapy. But finally, um, Navy medicine was like, Hey, if you want to get a referral out in town to uh, an off base doctor that they would sign off on it. So I said, yes, please. Hmm.
2: Um,
1: so the first one that I went to, he did x-rays and MRIs and was like, um, like you have really bad cervical degeneration. Um. He was like, I'm pretty sure that's what's causing your shoulder pain because you have some pressure on your nerves. Because, you know, I would tell him, you know, like, this whole arm's going numb. I was like, you yeah, know, like, I, I can't do anything. I can't feel anything. Like, it just, it just hurts. So he was like, yeah. He's like, I can't do anything for you. He's like, you're too young. I wouldn't recommend surgery on your spine. Um, stop lifting weights. And at that point, I had, um, I had a coach that I was working with. And I remember calling him after that. Uh, that doctor appointment and I was just like crying because I'm so frustrated I'm like he he says there's nothing he can do for me except for write me a prescription for painkillers and tell me to stop lifting weights and I was like that's not what I want like and you know my coach at that time was like no that's not what you want he's like let's let's find somebody else you know he's like find find a different doctor he's like we're going to keep training um you know he would help me out with a lot of different um you know Shoulder strengthening exercises, you know, working on the stabilizers and everything, you know, so I, I felt like I was really busting my ass, fix my shoulder, but you know, like nothing was working. Yeah, it
0: wasn't going anywhere,
1: yeah, and also, and that's you know that was hindering my progress, and you know, i was I was just angry, like I was internally so angry about it. but luckily, you know, like you know watching Seth it would always motivate me, you know keep me like cause he always talks about you know you just keep pushing,
2: you know, like you mm
1: just keep pushing, find another way to get it done. And so that's what I kept trying to do. Um, and I remember being on the phone with TRICARE, which is the military's insurance. And I remember calling them and saying, is there anybody else in this area? Cause they have to authorize it. They have to say this doctor, we approve that you can go see them. And they were like, no, there's nobody else in your area. And I was like, I was like, I don't care if it's a whole other state, I will drive to see a, another specialist out of state, whatever. Um, on my own dime, I don't care. Um, they were like, nope, there's nobody else, sorry. Um, that's all we can do for you. Um, but I kept calling and finally I was like, let me, is there a manager <laughs> somebody? Let me pull pull, uh, pull, a full Karen and be like, let me speak to your manager because I'm getting nowhere here. Uh, finally, uh, I, did, I was able to speak with a supervisor and he was like, look, there's one guy that I know, um, he's in another town, He's like, I don't know if he still takes care, but I know he has seen patients before. And I was like, please give me his name. I <laughs> don't care how far I have to drive. Luckily, it was only um, about an hour drive. Um, but I called my an appointment, and that guy was an amazing, amazing surgeon. But he got me in right away. And he literally sat me down and did a few like, range of motion tests, kind of poked around a little bit. Didn't even take an x-ray or an MRI, nothing but looked at me and was like, I know exactly what's wrong with you. (laughs) He's like, you have a torn labrum and I guarantee you your bicep is torn as well. And I was like, all right, not what I want to hear, but kind of what I want to hear. You know, like, I want to know, like,
0: well, you got results. So, (laughs) you
1: know, I was like, yeah, I don't want to hear that anything's torn, but like finally someone's competent enough to tell me what is wrong with me and why I'm in so much pain. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then he did actually look over the x-ray that the previous doctor had taken, and he said, he's like, the degeneration in your spine, he's like, is nowhere near far enough to actually cause all the pain and um, you know, stabilization yeah. that issues that I'm having. He's like, I don't know what that guy's talking about. <clears throat> so um, again, my husband was gone. He was deployed at that time, but uh, <laughs> uh, he's like, I can do surgery whenever you can. I was like, well, my husband gets back on this date um after that I'm free he was like all right well we'll schedule in that week that your husband gets back so I said sweet got in there the surgery ended up being like almost four hours long for all the repair that they had to do um uh, the labrum was completely torn a bunch of bone spurs uh he said my that um my shoulder socket was just just hanging on pretty much everything was just hanging on by a thread he's like you know you're supposed to be sitting insecure like this He's like i don't know how my shoulder wasn't just completely dislocated because it was wobbling around like this Jeez. yeah like everything was just was just shredded to pieces pretty much um but he fixed it and like he was amazing um fixed everything you know he really tightened up the joint um a little bit extra tight you know because you can always loosen a joint you can't re-tighten one unless you go back in there
2: yeah but
1: i i think from it being so tight that's what has caused the next issue that I still deal with in my shoulder, um, because I had that surgery about two months before we were gonna move to Japan. And the Marine Corps is so crazy, and I don't know why it mattered, but they said that I would have to be completely discharged from physical therapy um, a couple weeks prior to the move. And the shoulder uh, rehab that I had to complete, the doctor said I would need at least six months. so I only got two months of physical therapy with my team. Um, so definitely not enough, you know, for anyone to be like, yeah, your shoulder's good to go. It was, I was still really struggling when I came over here by myself with range of motion, with strength, you know, and trying to do it on my own. Um, because with the, the bicep pinodesis that he did, you know, because the long head of your bicep connects up into your shoulder. Um, he took that, that tendon. And he pinned it down into my arm. So with that that kind of surgery, I wasn't anything, um, not even a water bottle for eight weeks on my left side.
2: Um, Jeez.
1: Yeah, it, it, was, it was pretty intense, yeah. He, and
0: you had your kids at this point?
1: I had my daughter, just my daughter. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and it, so that was really hard, because especially when I would be home alone with her, my husband was gone at work. You know, she'd always be asking me to hold her, and she's only, she was only about a year and a half, almost two at At this point, you know. So, it was it was hard not having to look at my daughter and be like, I can't hold you. I can't pick you up. I'm sorry.
0: And how um, old is she?
1: she? She'll be four in September.
0: No, I mean, how four. old was she when this happened? Two? She was two? Oh,
1: almost two. She was, she was a year and a half, yeah.
0: My gosh, that's a terrible age to not –
1: yeah it was heartbreaking yeah it was sad she'd look at me
0: always look at me
1: like mommy pick me up and i'm like i can't yeah um
0: that'll teach her some independence for sure (laughs)
1: yeah yeah that's very true she's she's always been pretty independent but yeah that was she learned to be pretty efficient on her own she learned to open the fridge and get all her snacks by herself
2: (laughs) yeah
1: um but yeah, so then after my surgery, I felt like I was starting over again at square one because I lost everything on my left side. Because for eight weeks, I wasn't even allowed to lift anything, um, and then when I was cleared to lift something, it was one pound. <laughs> and then it was, so so I'm I'm like lifting one pound of physical therapy, you know, and then and then it was you know a couple of weeks after that, oh, you can lift two pounds. All right, here I am with two pounds. Please and then when I was cleared to actually be able to go back into the gym you know and do like legs and cardio and different things um at that point I was only allowed to lift three pounds uh before my surgery I'm like lifting you know like 30 pound dumbbells and then I go back into the gym and I have my little baby three pound dumbbell that I'm like curling I you know I felt I was like pretty embarrassed you know I felt I just felt like look at me with this little baby weight you know this arm a right arm can do three times the weight, you know, and I'm over here just throwing a tiny little three pound dumbbell, but you know, as part of rehab. Yeah. And it was just, it was just a long agonizing process. Um
0: And, and you know, you know, what sucks is like, so I have experience with, I mean, I had surgery on my finger and I mean, it's till this day it doesn't straighten and, uh, ended up blowing, uh, a gun blew up in my hand and you know, there you go. Yeah. I was actually around, uh, I want to say I was 14 when it happened. And my third, my third surgery on it was when I was 16 and it keeps staying. It keeps going back to this. So I just said, screw it. But, um, anyways, so I always went to the gym and I always worked out and always, you know, I mean I was only 16 so you you're just throwing shit throwing weight around like you know thinking no you right now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but anyway, so yeah, my right arm got a lot stronger and my left arm, the um, you know, I mean even until this day, I still think my left arm's weaker just because you have that mental block, you know what I mean? I guess it's always in the back of my head like I need to work this one out more. But uh, then you end up finding out that this one has more stamina, has more you know because you focus on it so much more now, because you didn't yeah. you had that you had that separation in between where uh you couldn't do anything with this hand like I had a cast that I had to keep up i was you ever see that movie? you ever see that movie where the kid he like throws uh he throws the um, fastball super quick, and he was like a young kid went into the all stars everything. Your Major leagues. Well, hey,
1: the- I, I'm terrible when it comes to movies. I, I haven't. Everyone, all my friends make fun of me because I've seen like very little movies in my lifetime.
0: <laughs> well, so what uh, in that movie he has this brace and he has to keep his hand outside the window every time he's going somewhere. Oh no! And everybody's like waving at him and shit when he's uh, when he's going places because they think he's waving. But uh, well, that was that was me for. Uh, it had to be like a full year, you know, just, just because I had to keep having surgery after surgery. And, um, because at first, well, what happened was, uh, shrapnel from the, um, from the firearm ended up cutting my tendon right here and they had to find it down here and sew it back up. But, uh, so the scar tissue keeps making it end up like this. Yeah. So, so, um, they had, for the first surgery, fix attendant, so I could I could have a full grip and everything, but uh, just the scar tissue after going into physical therapy for like six months or eight months, whatever you know, um, squeezing the ball, putting my hand in a brace where it's push it back where it's straighten, you know, shit like that. But uh, every time they'd say, okay, well you should be good on physical therapy. Just continue the exercises when you get home. You know, after a week, it goes back to this because I wasn't. You know, I wasn't doing it for hours, but uh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's one of those things, though. You know, you're always you always feel like that side's going to be weaker, even if it's not, and you try to balance it. But good times.
1: <laughs> I know it's a struggle. It, yeah, especially after any kind of surgery, like it's it's such a struggle because, I mean, my left side. You look at me, and it's, it's so much smaller. And I, you know and that that was my thing when we first got to Japan. Um, you know, I'd planned on no more kids. I was like, I'm done because um, I never wanted to go through that weight gain again in my life because it was just it was awful. Um, you know, and I have really bad hip dysplasia, so you know, being that 205 pounds, uh, just that pressure just made my hips hurt so much worse when I was pregnant, and I felt like I couldn't move, and you know, it was just awful. Um, so I was like, yeah, never get pregnant again. Um, I have my daughter, she's beautiful, she's healthy. I couldn't ask for more. Um, so when we got here, you know, that was just my goal. was like, "Okay, I need, I need to get back in the gym. I need to really just focus on rebuilding my left side because it was just so tiny. <laughs> it's so weak, it's so sad looking, Um, and then I had, like, this all big, like, muscular side, you know, it was just, I looked so, you know, disformed, you know, especially in my eyes, you know, where our heart is critic, so I'm, like, looking at myself, like, oh my god, I look terrible, Um, and, you know, when I came here, you know, I didn't have physical therapy, so I'm trying to still do my stretches and my, and everything, because my range of motion is still garbage, and I realized I have I have an impingement in my shoulder because I go to, especially grab, to do squats, to even get my hand in this position. As soon as I grab the bar, my arm goes numb, mm. and I'm like, gosh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I try to do, to this day, so much manual work as much as I can. I, I cut myself, I do, you know, put like the the lacrosse balls, you know, and like try to rub them against the wall try to get my husband to like help stretch me and I suffer right now from severe like scapular dyskinesis. So my, my shoulder blade sits like this and it just doesn't track right. And I can feel it even, even just sitting here. If I try to do like a pressing motion or raise my arms, it feels disgusting. Like I feel my shoulder just Mm. not move right. And it, it hurts. And it, yeah, so it just, I'm at that point where I'm like, I, I don't know what else to do you know, I'm like, I, I, I still do my physical therapy exercises. I still stretch. Um, and I'm just still in a lot of pain. You know, I, I go to the gym now and I try to do you know, like a dumbbell press and this arm just wobbles.
2: Like I, you know, even
1: if it's a lightweight, it's just like so wobbly, so unstable because my shoulder isn't functioning right. Um, and, and so even before my son, so that's, that's where I was at. I was just still frustrated still like all right i want to compete someday i want to do this and that here's my goal i want to look like this i'm still getting nowhere um but but i was trying my best you know i was yeah i was really i was really trying my best and then i found out i was pregnant and i found out i was pregnant with my son um when i had just started a new job here um just started on another degree i was working on started my third degree and I had all again. I'm like, all right, I have all these goals, and blah, 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 and I'm gonna do this and this and this. I find out I'm pregnant, and I, your I, husband's
0: running birth- again.
1: <laughs> he was about to leave again. Yeah, he <laughs> really was. And I was like, why? I was like, all right, God, like you see, you see all these goals I have set for me. You see that you know, I I want to do bodybuilding, I want to do this and that, and here I am again, pregnant. And I had an IUD that was supposed to be good for 12 years.
2: I was like, "All
1: right, I guess this isn't my
0: plan." I got
1: a plan for you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, obviously, my son wanted to be here because he defied all odds and all birth control and everything.
0: Now um, he's a strong swimmer.
1: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> very strong. Um, my husband always jokes. He's like, "I don't," he's like, "I don't shoot blanks." Sorry, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> 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 "Obviously." Um, but yeah, so there we go again. Found out I'm pregnant. And again, when I am pregnant, I'm just all discipline all self-control goes out the window because all I can think about all day, every day is food. I'm just hungry. Um, so at that time I gained 80 pounds with my son. Mm.
2: Um,
1: I actually wasn't able with my daughter. I was able to work out all the way up until I went into labor. Um, with my son at about six months, my doctor here said, uh, she didn't want me doing that. Um, because I have uh, a heart condition, SVT, and pretty much all it is is I just have a rapid, irregular heartbeat. Whereas your resting heart rate is probably maybe like sixty beats per minute. My resting heart rate usually runs about 80, 90 beats per minute.
0: So uh, funny, do, funny story. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, but, you, can, you can go. Well, so I just uh, found out, like last, uh, like last month, that I have a heart condition as well. So, yeah, it's called athletes or athletics heart. Athletes heart, and mm-hmm. it's where your heart enlarges. And uh, yeah, so I have a irregular heartbeat, and I have all this other shit going on. So good times. So I'm I'm there with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. It's awful.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. It's awful. Um, I dealt with it a lot when I was younger. You know, I'm being an athlete. Um, so when I had that heart, that um, fast heart rate. You know, when I'm playing sports, you know, it would just skyrocket. And, you know, a lot of times I just, like, hit the deck, <laughs> you know, pass out or something. Um, finally, I went to a cardiologist when I was younger, and they taught me how to manage it, put me on medication. And, you know, I, I was good. It never really affected me um, until my pregnancies. Uh, again, had most likely the hormones. Um, but my heart rate would just... Sorry. <laughs> That's a Japanese alert
0: see oh my gosh
1: uh it's probably having to do with this typhoon um, i can't read it it's in japanese
0: oh i thought you <laughs> could read that it's like <laughs> it's <laughs> um like-
1: no so uh the japanese language they they have um two different styles of writing uh one is kanji one is um hiragana uh, and i can only semi read one of them this one is um hiragana not good at that kanji i'm kind of okay but these alerts come out when you know a typhoon there's a tsunami
0: it's just like the emergency alerts here yeah
2: just
1: (laughs) yeah so i mean there could be a tsunami going on right now i don't know i have to google translate it and figure it out (laughs) But, (laughs) (laughs) but right now i think i'm okay um but yeah so um the SBT really kicked in when i was pregnant and my doctor was like, "Ah, eh, no, no more gym for you," um, and I was about six months pregnant with my son, so I think that even made me gain even more weight because uh, I wouldn't—at least with my daughter, even though I was getting fatter. it. if I can't, at least I go to the gym and feel like—I <laughs> feel like you're I doing was,
0: something with it, yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like I was kind of managing it. Um Say, hey, I'm putting—I'm
0: putting the nutrition somewhere. That's what—that's yeah. the important part. Exactly. All those calories I'm burning and all those carbs I'm putting into my muscle mass
1: <laughs> yeah at least trying to put him to work a little bit but with my son um that's why i feel like i gained more weight with him so i was a little bit more sedentary um but yeah so again went right back to that big fat felt like all the muscle that i did put on even though it wasn't a lot um, going off and all again. um But while i was pregnant with my son uh is that's when i got accepted into the demo crew and I, I remember, I remember submitting my application because I, I remember when it came out and I saw it and I was like, "Oh man, I love and Sledge. I love Seth Brosi, You know, like I, I bought and Sledge the minute it came out. I went to my local nutrition store and bought everything. You know, yeah. Because um, I remember what Seth put on his um, put on one of his YouTube videos and, and he just hinted at you know making a supplement company and I was like, hell yeah, that's that's all I'm ever gonna use. Um, so the moment and Sledge came out, I was all over it. Um, even some of my friends, um, were like, we're like, yeah, yeah, we're, gonna, we're all going to buy Axe Sledge. So like, you know, we went to the local store and we, we just stocked up. Um, but, but yeah, so I remember when I actually going on the website, when I was here and I actually saying, you know, the demo crew was live and I, every time I went to the website I would see it and I always contemplate, I'm like, ah, I would love to represent Axe Sledge. I was, you know, I would love to be a part of that. And I just kept thinking, here I am you know, like, 200 pounds, pregnant, you know, not lifting weights. I was like, there's no way I would ever be accepted. Um, but it just, it just kept, you know, coming to my mind, like, I would love to, like, because I love access Ledge, I love Sephirose. Um, Finally, one day, I was like, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> like, I'm just going to submit an application. And I, I, I'm pretty sure, I, I, I know I did, um, but I put in the application, like, pregnant, You know, I'm overweight right now, nowhere near where I want to be, but I promise you, after the baby, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into good shape, I swear. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, and I was, I submitted it, and honestly, in my heart, I was like, there's no way, you know, like, there's no way I'm gonna get accepted. Why would they want a fat pregnant lady? (laughs) But somehow by the grace of God, I guess Carly read it and was like, hey, she's good enough.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, you got to think about it and just being a part of the demo crew now, you know that it's more than just lifting weights. And that's what's. Yeah. In- mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Now, Like now that I've seen it, you know, and, and what they've done with it, yeah, it's beautiful. It's amazing. But, you know, not being a part of it, I wasn't 100 percent
2: sure. Yeah, I like, thought.
1: Mm. I yeah, I thought you had to look, you know, like Miss Olympia, or I thought you had to have like a million followers, you know, like, like most other supplement companies, you know, that's kind of what they're looking for is, you know, fitness model that has, you know, yeah. thousand ten thousand subscribers, whatever. And so I was like, ah, you know, that's probably what they're looking for. And that's definitely not me. I'm the farthest thing from a fitness model there could be. Um, but yeah, but I, so when I was pregnant with my son, I got accepted and I was just, so overjoyed. I remember getting the email while I was working and, um, I think I just like stopped everything, called my husband, I was like, guess what? <laughs> I was like, you'll never believe it, but I made it, and he was like, cool. <laughs> I was like, hey, you don't understand the joy that Axon's Ledge and Seth he brings to me. Um, but he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for you. He's like, that's cool. He's like, that's what you want to do. He's like, Good, you know, I support you. My husband's never been like really into supplements, and and you know, he calls me, you know, bro lifter. He's like, he's like, you're a typical gym bro, I swear. <laughs> and I was like, hey, let me do me. It makes me happy. Um, mm-hmm. to him, he said the most god awful thing in the world. He was like, yeah, supplement is just supplement. It doesn't matter. He's like
2: protein, protein. I'm like, no,
1: say that again. I'm gonna leave you. <laughs>
0: hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Action sledge supplements is not just supplements, okay?
1: It's yeah, a lifestyle. Exactly. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> I'm like, this is like, it's like my religion now. Yes. Um, he actually was funny. Is he um, sent me an email the other day? And he was like, because before he goes on ship, you know, he always likes to take, you know, like his greens and and his proteins and his pre workouts and different things. And normally I ask him, hey what do you need? What do you want me to order? So I can, I can order it from AccessLedge AMM and take it with you on ship. And I asked him, I was like, what do you need? And he was like, nah, nah, we have everything. He's like, I'll just pick around from what we have. He's like, are we good to go? I was like, sure. He's like, yeah. All right. Okay. He's like, besides if you order something now, it probably wouldn't get here in time. I was like, no, it'll get here in time. I was like, if you need something, let me know. But he was like, nah, I'm good. Time comes around, and he's, he's packing up his supplements, and he was like, oh, I need, I need um, a protein. I'm like, I asked you? He's like, I'll just go get one from, from the PX, which is our store on base. I was like, whatever. He's like, oh, I need, I need some some greens. I was like, I just put in an AMN order. I was like, I told you. If you need something, let me know. He's like, oh, it doesn't matter. He's like, I'll just go get some. I'm like, whatever. Go get your crappy supplement. And I got an email from him the other day, literally saying, he was like, so the protein I got is pretty disgusting. Axe and Sledge is way better. I was like, I told you. Weird. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> He's like,
1: oh, these these greens that I bought taste like shit. I was like, I told you. Weird. <laughs> I was like, now do you accept my religion? Do you want to convert to Axe and Sledge and AMN? fully? Totally
0: oh man and that was just but the-
1: yeah <laughs> um but yeah and he was like yeah you're right and i was like i know always right <laughs> but um but yeah so then now that i'm part of the demo crew and um you know I, again i had to lose that 80 pounds and i
2: think i was a little
1: bit more motivated too you know that, that i was accepted in the demo crew i was like oh man you know all right now i gotta get super fit um had my son, here in Japan, you're not allowed to put your kids in daycare until they're six months. Um, so, I was like, all right, I probably,
0: well. I probably wouldn't put my kid in daycare before six months. So, I mean.
1: Yeah, it, it really didn't affect me because um, I was like, six months is perfect. Um, so, I, uh, that was my plan. I was like, when my when my son turned six months, I was like, I'll put him in, in daycare. And it was going to be the same um, pre- preschool and daycare that my daughter went to. So I was comfortable with that. Um, but when that six months rolled around, um, turned into COVID season. Oh, and yeah, and everything just was shut down. And so I was like, well, I had lost the weight. I lost the weight, but now I'm back to that, just gaining nothing. So I'm like, man, here I am again, starting back at square one.
0: But you're not pregnant eating the crap ton of food though so that's that's a that's a benefit (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah, but like yeah so like COVID hit wasn't allowed to go to the gym so here's my goals and i'm still stuck at home and whatever but finally at least here now on base the the gyms are open Mm. um i can go to the gym um but i'm still having so many issues just trying to build that muscle on my left side even with my left knee I love me, I can't even walk without it hurting. Um, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's just frustrating. Um, I remember even telling my friend, like I actually through the demo crew made friends with um, another woman. They actually live here in Okinawa. Um, so there's two of us, there's two of us demo crew members um, that are on the island. And unfortunately we haven't met face to face yet. Um, we're, going, we're going to, we're planning on it as long as this lockdown doesn't get any more serious, because they, they keep us pretty confined. Um, but as long as they loosen up to the research and are planning on meeting um,
2: in a couple weeks.
1: Um, but I, I even told her, I was like, I'm so frustrated, I, I'll break down. I come home and just like break down crying because I can't even bend press, or, or I can hardly do certain leg like, exercises because I'm in so much pain. Um, but I sit there and I think to myself, I'm like, you know what? You know, I prayed all my life that my pain would go away. Because I've, I've, like I said, I've dealt with, you know, leg pain forever. You know, my grandparents were preachers and they used to always, you know, pray like, oh, just keep praying, your pain's gonna go away. Um, I, I've come to the point in my life where I'm like, you know what, maybe this is just a part of like that trial and tribulation that I have to just keep pushing through sh- to show people. um. I have a herniated disc, I have cervical degeneration, I have just a busted shoulder that everything is wrong with it. Um, I have really bad hip dysplasia but this is in my heart and this is in my mind like this is what I want to do and I I have big goals and I want to keep pushing and if I can do it, if I can lose 70-80 pounds twice and if I can get in the gym and push through the pain of all these stupid injuries or just the way my body was created like anybody can like, you know, I, I get people who message me, a lot of, you know, friends, especially, you know, women, they'll be like, oh, you know, you, you expe- gained the baby weight and you've lost it and you look great. And I was like, what is it? You know, what do you do? And, you know, and I, I'm so glad and happy to tell people, you know, this is what I did. Um, and then they say, well, oh, you know, well, ah, you know, I don't want to do it because I, I kind of hurt or I kind of this, kind of that. And I'm like, look, if there's one person on this earth that can have an excuse not to work out. Literally had Doctor Seller not to work out. It's me, Um, but you just gotta like Seth Brosky says. You know, gotta yeah, you know fuck the excuses, and if you want something, you know, go after. it.
0: work in, Yep. Yeah. But so you know, I, I, you know, what's gonna happen is one day you're gonna because I mean, you know, you're still uh, skeptical on like you're still confused on why you know you still have all the pain and everything, right? One day someone's going to come up to you and they're going to say that you changed their life because of everything that you're going through and you're still pushing through. And, uh, that's when all of this, it's going to become, it's not going to just be pain anymore. It's going to be, you know, I, I, this helped somebody's life to save somebody's life, made somebody's life better just because I'm going through this and I experienced it. It helped them through theirs, you know?
1: And that that's that would be, you know, like the, bit, the biggest thing, you know, the most gratifying thing ever, you know, to hear something like that from somebody. And and that's also I had that mentality, you know, for a little bit on why me, especially with my losing my firstborn, you know, losing my son, I thought, why? You know, Why am I going through this? Why, why am I going through this pain? Why am I going through this all alone? Like, why did I have to watch my son die in my arms? Why did I have to bury my child? Um, and, you know, I came to this Point where I'm just like, all right, God, you know, I have to just give you this pain and just understand that you're in control and understand that this happened for a reason. And I feel like, you know, I'm able to connect to other women who have gone through the same thing. Um, because when you can talk to somebody and they can, you know, and people try to talk to me after my son died and, you know, and they would say, oh, you're going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. I literally wanted to scream like, like, shut up. Shut up. Like how would you know like you've never lost a child, you know? Yeah. So when you could when you could talk to somebody and, and you know they have been through what you've been through, um, yeah, like you said, you know, you can really connect and, and make an impact on someone's life. So, you know, I've I've learned to see, you know, the blessing, you know, in the heartbreak and in, in the pain. And you know, to this day, you know, I sit here and I'm like, I really wanna I really wanna do this, I really wanna, you know, become so much better, you know, but I, I'm dealing with my st- all these stupid pains and aches and just being old and being broken <laughs> um but i'm like i just gotta keep pushing because if i can you know yeah inspire or motivate just one person you know someone if that makes an impact on their life then i feel like you know I've, I've done my job you know like i realized all right god i guess this was my my purpose my plan and you know i'm okay with that
0: yeah no he's got a, he's got a plan for everybody that's for sure you know
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And for you know. in
0: one day, that plan is going to smack you right in the face, and
1: <laughs> it's going to change. Yeah, your life. <laughs> for sure. And and you know, being raised with my grandparents too, that was just a huge blessing as so well. Because even though I would I would be in pain or whatever, and you and, uh, know, they'd always say somebody has it worse, you know. And I could see that. You know, that I was blessed to go on missionary trips a lot when I was younger, and seeing how other people. We're just suffering. I was like, you know, I'm over here complaining about leg pain. These people don't even have a roof over their heads. They're starving. You know, I'm like, I can push through it. You know, like
0: it's one of those no problems, just work. You know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was like I do not have problems, just more work to do. And and that's another reason why you know I felt so hard for Seth Barosi was just listening to him. I'm like, he has that same mentality that I was growing growing up around pretty much. You know, a lot less curse words. <laughs> <laughs> but my grandpa used to pretty much preach the same thing to me over and over again. Um, and one thing with, with him was almost anything I did was never good enough, and it was kind of frustrating. But now, you know, I, I learned to to love it and accept it because you know I I brought home even if I brought home all A's, it was all right. Well, you, you could have done better. Even if I did first place, you know, even if I got home, you know, brought home MVP trophy or whatever, my my grandpa was never satisfied. It was always, eh, you could have done better. You could have pushed yourself more. You could have trained harder. You know, next time, maybe this. You know, or, you, know you go to my games and be like, mm, you missed that shot. Could have been better. You won, but you could have been better. You know, so it was, nothing was ever good enough. So I always mean, just kept pushing myself even harder. Um, and, you know, like that was I it. Made, it was the like, person,
0: made you the person you are today, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, you know, hearing that you know from seth too that's why i love watching his videos and stuff it makes me feel like i'm listening to my grandpa all over again because um, you know he just he's just saying like suck it up like you don't have problems there's more work to do like keep going you know do the reps you know yeah. do it like figure out what works for you and keep doing it and that's how i've had to learn how to train i feel like i do a lot of exercises probably people look at me weird because I have to manipulate them weird, especially um, with legs and like foot placement and the way I do stuff because my hip dysplasia, I won't feel it right if I do it the way everybody says it's the correct way. Like if I do it, I'm like, all right, I do it this way. It hurts. Or, you know, I, I feel it in the whole nother body part that I'm not supposed to be feeling it in. Um, you know, so I've, I've learned to manipulate it and and find ways to, to make it work for me instead of saying, oh, well, it hurts, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know, and that, 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 that's why, you know, like I said, like I, I love Seth Ferozy. I love the companies. I love the brands. Like, I will always stand b- behind them 100% because of the impact they had on my life. You know, like, I, I went from being super depressed and not having, you know, that motivation or that, that purpose. I felt like I lost everything when I lost my son. Um, and I felt like, like, man, if I can't even... Bring a child into this world, you know. I lost my own baby. You know, like what can I do? You know, like I'm I'm good for nothing. And, you know, I would listen to Seth and listening off, he would talk and talk about, you know, the struggle that you come through in life and the obstacles and how you just push through them, just gotta overcome them. You know, like it lit that fire again. You know that I had when I was younger. You know, and and again, it was like being able to to have my grandpa there for me. <laughs> <laughs> even though he was gone, I was like, "Hey, Seth, and like now you're kind of like my new grandpa." Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny though, is when I watch him on my um, computer, or even sometimes I have it on the, the TV. My daughter will be like, "Hey, look, it's grandpa." Yeah, oh, jeez. <laughs> that's you, but that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's uh, that's some intense backstory you got there. I'm I'm really sorry for your loss, and uh. I can't even imagine. Like, we had a miscarriage once, and um, that, I mean, that alone just affected my wife. I mean, it affected me too, but uh, it, I think it's totally different for you guys because you guys are actually carrying the child, and you and you already have that connection. Like, I didn't have that connection like she had it, you know, and then we had the miscarriage, and it was always hard for me to well it wasn't hard for her to get pregnant with her first son which which is my stepson but since I've been in the picture it's we've it's been a battle when we were trying to get my daughter you know and we were trying to plan it and everything but it took months and months and months of trying and then the one time I actually got it um I ended up having a miscarriage and that was like weeks in and it was it's pretty rough and I was like well maybe it's me you know um So we ended up trying again later on, but it took a while for her to recover from just the miscarriage because that's the first one she's ever had. I can't even imagine actually having, you know, being able to hold the child. So I, I, I'm really sorry for that. And I can't, you know, I can't tell you, I can feel for you or anything. I haven't had, I haven't had to experience that. I can only imagine what you had to go through and alone. So um, Yeah that hit that hit
1: it home for me that yeah that was I wouldn't wish that on anybody um you know and and after him you know the doctor did tell me like don't try to get pregnant right away you know wait you know because your body probably can't hold on to a baby and I did I suffered two miscarriages um after my son uh before I had my daughter so so yeah it's what a woman has to go through, you know, when, when they know that they're pregnant, you know, you, you instantly fall in love with that baby, even though you haven't even seen them on the ultrasound, you haven't even heard the heartbeat yet. Like, you know, it's there and you're just in love. And yeah, it's, it's so hard. I, and I feel so bad for your wife because I, I I know the heartache. I know what it has, you know, that effect that it has on you mentally and emotionally. And yeah, that's something I, I wouldn't wish on anybody. And um, unfortunately, it's happened to so many women and, and you know so many women are just quiet about it and you know, you, you keep it in and you think there's something wrong with you and you think that it's only ever happened to you you know but really you know once you say something you get it out there and there's so many women that will be like hey i've been there i i know how you feel you yeah. need to talk you know with you we can and that that's you know been a beautiful side to it you know of being able to you know, me being able to help other women and then other women saying, you know, like, hey, I've, I've been there, done that, too. You know, you can just come together. But, but yeah, it, there's there's nothing like that, you know, like the, that it can, you, you never get over it. Um, it'll, it'll always be there. Um, But the beauty is that, you know, you have that baby, that rainbow baby. Mm-hmm. You have that healthy child, you know. So now I look at my daughter and my son. I'm like, you know what? I have one of each that they don't make anymore I mean some people think they do but to me boy and a girl that's it <laughs>
3: no, same um, here. I'm like
1: they only make two models boy and a girl I have one of each I'm done good I'm I'm mm-hmm. praying I told my husband I'm like either you need to get snapped or I need to get a surgery because I'm not having another one I don't want to gain another 80 to 100 pounds probably I'm like done I'm done I, I really want to pursue you know fitness and just keep bettering myself and you out never get there i have another baby and start all the way back at square one
0: yeah yeah so i was i was actually gonna um i was actually gonna get snipped or whatever you know that's what you called it a little (laughs) weird but (laughs) 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 Uh, but uh yeah. So when I did that, they scheduled the appointment and everything. And, uh, I got there and they're like, okay, it's $600. And I go, okay, that's a pretty pricey appointment. So I give them like 600 bucks. And then I go in there and it's me and my wife, right? We go in there, we sit down with some, uh, with some doc, with our nurse or whatever. I I think it was, might've been the doctor, but, uh, anyway, so she sits down with us and she's like, okay, so this is just an appointment to, uh, discuss what you want to do and i'm like okay when we i mean we already me and the wife already discussed this so can we just move on and get it done i mean i'm kind of like mentally prepared right now because i heard i can't have sex for like six weeks after that
2: and
0: it's gonna be rough <laughs> yeah. so
2: yeah
0: so i'm like uh can we just get it done and she's like oh no this appointment is just to talk about it i'm like i paid 600 fucking dollars to talk to you about it when i already talked to my wife about it yeah. Like, are you kidding me? So after that, I was like, no, this is stupid. We'll just, we'll do it later on there, I guess. That dri- that drove me nuts. I ended up, uh, I ended up trying to get my money back. I didn't, but I was like, ridiculous. I
1: know, the, it's, the process is, is ridiculous. Even here in the military, like they made my husband go to like a whole counseling course where they graphically show you all the pictures and and everything, and they talk about all the risks and the benefits and blah, 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 and make you sign a bunch of paperwork, but he went to it and he was going to have it done, but they you know, they only do it on like one day a month here um, at the clinic and he was going to get it and then they were like, oh, you're going on deployment, you can't have a surgery. Um, so he ended up not being able to get it done, um, which is frustrating because I, I had already told him after um, my son, my doctor said that, like, the day after I gave birth, if I wanted to, they could perform the surgery um, to have my tubes tied. Yeah. So, I was like, yes. Done. Done. I was like, yes, please. And my husband was like, I don't want to put you through that. You've already had, like, five surgeries in your life. He's like, I don't want you to go through another surgery. Like, it scares me every time you go into surgery. It's like, I always think you're going to die. Like, well, so you know,
0: considering everything you've been through already, I think that's the least of your problems, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So he was like, "I'll take one for the team. I'll go get snipped I'm like, "All right, cool." And again, he couldn't do it. So now I'm just like, "Like, please, don't touch me, <laughs> and don't touch me until you get this done." Because all my pregnancies, every single one of them, I was on birth control. None of them. None of it worked.
0: He's just he has day. he has uh he's very fertile.
1: He's Hispanic, so. <laughs> <laughs> Hispanics tend to be you know um, but yeah uh, um, it's funny cause I, my kids are born my daughter's born September 14th and my son's born September 12th oh geez yeah so and if you do a math that goes back to December is apparently a very happy month for us and he's getting back from his deployment this um, December and I'm like please you're not touching me <laughs> 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 like, I'm not doing this again. Nope.
0: Yeah, yeah we. No. uh it, So my wife, she's a um, New Year's baby, right? So her birthday's uh, December 31st. My birthday's January 14th. My daughter's birthday's December 15th. Oh man. And my son's birthday is uh, February 2nd. So it's like I, I haven't celebrated my birthday in like years because I don't really. Yeah. You know, you get hit a certain age, and you're like, eh, meh. Yeah. But, uh, like, when you have all of our birthdays, like, in the two-month period, huh, and then you have Christmas and the in the middle of that, and since my wife's birthday is on New Year's, you know, it's always going to be celebrated, regardless of yeah. you know, it's her birthday or not. But we're always going to, you know, it's like, man, that's always a tight, very tight week for us, or two, oh, yeah. like, tight two months for us.
1: Oh, man. I bet. I bet you that's expensive.
0: Oh, it is. Yeah, no, it's like uh, we save up all year for that.
1: Exactly. Oh, man. I've never had an actual birthday party. Growing up, my grandparents didn't care for birthdays, and I I never had a birthday party. But my birthday is November 10th, which is also the Marine Corps birthday. Oh. So, so, yeah, so it's like once I got
2: married,
1: yeah, once I got married, um, we always have the Marine Corps ball. So I'm like, this is all for me. This is my (laughs) My birthday, my day. Thanks,
0: guys. Yeah,
1: pretty
0: much. That's pretty good. All right, so um, we every podcast we uh, get questions from the demo crew, and especially if it's a demo crew member, and um, you are one of the well-known demo crew members, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Oh, I feel like I I feel like I'm
1: I'm not too known. I. um I mean, whenever I have my meetings with Carly, I feel, I tell Carly, like, I feel bad. I, I feel like I'm such terrible, like, I'm so terrible at social media, because I'm, like, I'm telling you, I, I love to keep busy, so everything in my day is scheduled, and I've had to get to the point where, like, I schedule in social media, because if not, like, I'm, I'm terrible, and I, I told her, I was like, I'm, I'm like an old soul, I'm an old person, and I feel like I'm not tech savvy, and, and I try to make my, my, my best to do posts, you know, certain times and, interact with people but yeah i felt like for a really long time um i didn't i didn't really i wasn't able to really connect with anybody but now yeah i feel like i've I've actually made some really good friends really good connections and yeah. i fell in, in love with the demo crew because um i really i really don't have family in the, and i really don't have friends that are really into fitness like you know like i am so it's been awesome to be able to connect with people and and to watch them and to be motivated by them and to see their progress and see how far they've come. Like it's, it's beautiful. So yeah. So, so I think um, the demo crew being a part of it has really brought me out of my shell, you know, to be more active on social media and to engage more with people. And I, and I love that because um, you know, like I said now, like, I guess I'm a little bit more known, which is, which is kind of cool, but (laughs) I, I think I just, I've been, I've loved, you know, just, seeing how it's grown and blossomed and being a part of that it's awesome and and finding you know like you know the people that have the same mentality you know even finding you and watching you and seeing your stuff I mean it's it's awesome and I I lived in Arizona for a little bit so I'm like man I wish I would have known you know like all these people that I see that in Arizona when I was there because I was just there by myself in college alone
0: (laughs) yeah no now we have uh So in Havasu, I actually have Cody Defoe. He's a demo crew elite member.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I love him.
0: Well, we haven't, we haven't met up yet, but, uh, like we always talk about it. It's like, Hey, let's go. What are you doing Monday? And it's like, well, I'm doing chess. And then, um, something will happen where either I'll have to work or he'll have to work late or something, you know? So, uh, uh, we both work. I mean, we both work day shift, but I mean, I work at the prison up here and, uh, Crazy hours. So, oh,
2: it's, you know,
0: I kind of have to plan on the fly. And that's why I, like, slow down on social media every now and then. Like, this whole week, I haven't been on social media. Actually, the past two weeks, I haven't really been on social media just because uh, I've been, like, swamped with work. And, like, yeah. And now we have this uh, – so, we have this computer virus that – Yeah, that uh, went through our whole system, so now we're doing everything by hand again. We had to go old school and do all handwritten reports and everything, so (laughs) all our computers are shut down right now. It's like, oh my gosh.
2: Oh, jeez.
0: And that's on top of the COVID and all that shit, but...
1: It's life, man. Yeah, there's always something, but I mean, I love staying busy, Um, right? I, I can't sit down and just do nothing, which I think that drives my husband crazy sometimes because he wants to come home and relax and do nothing and watch tv and i'm just like i i can't sit there like i can't sit down i have to to do something give me something to do
0: yeah no i'm there's always something for me to do around the house i don't have enough time here where i can uh get everything done and have time to like sit down i mean i have my obviously i have my moments where it's like "Ah, you know what fuck it i don't care if this has to be repaired or whatever i'm just gonna sit down and do nothing i'm gonna play play batman with my son or something (laughs) and just do nothing. But now I'm doing, now I'm a teacher. So
1: oh.
0: yeah, not, not willingly, but COVID <laughs> made me a teacher. So
1: Oh, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Oh man. Yeah. Put that on your resume.
0: Yeah. No teaching. Yeah. Teaching my, uh, my
1: other job,
0: my other, my second job. Yep. So now that took most of my time. So now I have like my dad list of uh, chores, my dad chores or what is it, my wife chores, whatever you call it.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, same here, like, with my daughter, yeah, I I started doing more homeschooling with her. But luckily, she's able to go a couple hours a day to her little school,
2: but she's only four.
0: No, just all, it's all me. And, (laughs) you know, my stuff's just piling in the back, on the back burner when I'm there during the week because it's school time, you know, weekend. Yeah, yeah. Weekend is my time. But all right, so, questions. Okay, ready. Okay, first one. I like that. For those those of you that uh, don't know, but Demo Crew is Axe and Sledge Supplements Ambassador Team. And uh, me and, you know, Sierra, we're both on it, uh, along with some other awesome individuals. And uh, if you want to get to know a lot of them, they're actually on my podcast. And uh, Dante Petrella has his own podcast called The Demo Cast. Same thing. Same goal. Anyways, so here she is, Sierra, in her glory. <laughs> and you're always having that, uh, like, a different kind of cool mask on, <laughs> looking like a ninja or something, you
1: know? I mean, yeah. I live in Japan. I'm like, I, I got to feel like, like an anime character.
0: <laughs> so is this is this your uh, left arm?
1: My right arm.
0: That is your right arm? Okay.
1: That's my right arm, yes. Yep. When is this? That was date night, probably like, maybe a month ago.
0: You know, you're true. You're a true demo crew member when you flex on date night. <laughs> yeah, so.
1: it was it was Friday night and it was date night. So I was like, hey, it's Flex Friday. So I'm like, and it's date night. So I was like, <laughs> usually the picture on the left, you know, I'm like, usually everyone sees me working out and i I just a like, crazy person. That one, I don't look too crazy because I have a hat on. But usually my hair is like on the top of my head. And I'm, like, all sweaty in my sweatshirt and stuff. And I was, like, I don't ever dress up um, very girly very often. So I was, like, let me, let me take a picture and show everybody that I still look like a girl sometimes.
0: No, this this surprised me, honestly, because I haven't seen you all <laughs> dressed up before. I've always seen, you know, your gym, your gym. Yeah,
1: my, my <laughs> normal gym uniform, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, dang. That's her. That's her outside of the gym. Holy shit. Yeah,
1: that's me outside of the gym. That's, that's me underneath the sweatshirt that I always wear.
0: That's you in World Combat. Yeah. In my Japan. My favorite
1: katana. I love
0: katana. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, Christy Archer, um, have you ever done a fitness competition or do you plan to? I think you already covered that a little bit, but.
1: I've never done one. Um, always wanted to, uh, like like the minute that I fell in love with bodybuilding, that was like, you know, like I said, I became obsessed. and I was like, all right, I gotta be the best. Um, but my shoulder is always just, um, just set me back so much. And then having two pregnancies where I just got super fat and I went back super skinny and, and everything <laughs> like, yeah, it just, um, never been able to, my goal in my head was like, oh, when I'm 25, I'll probably compete. And then obviously life hit me and, um, I've passed 25 and I have not competed. Um, if I do compete, uh, sometimes I'm like really realistic with myself and I think it might not ever happen just because of how shitty my body is. (laughs) Um, if I do, it's probably a good five years out from now.
0: Yeah. Good question. I was curious that too. So I try not to, I try to read these before, so I don't ask these questions beforehand, but sometimes it just comes out. So, (laughs) <laughs> anyways uh mr push-up king christian lopez uh when training with the mask on do you feel like a character of mortal kombat is there a mental difference with american fitness and overseas fitness long-term goals how many max push-ups can you do
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the first one mortal kombat yeah um i like to channel katana she's my favorite especially actually in the game um anyone ever wants to play me whoop your ass playing as katana i love her um um uh, yeah i I would say katana is the one i channel the most um or if i'm trying to like go super beast probably melina you know because she's a little bit more scary but yeah i I love katana (laughs) Uh, uh is there a difference in mental fitness or mental difference in american fitness and overseas fitness absolutely yes um When I worked out, um, we used to live in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and I went to Gold's Gym. I absolutely loved Gold's Gym um, because the moment you walked in there, you could just like feel the energy, feel the intensity. Most of the people in there um, that I knew of did compete. So it's like everybody was like at the top of their game. Everybody was pushing each other harder, and I loved that atmosphere. It was amazing, Um, and it always made me push myself um, even more, even if I was working out by myself. Uh, you know, because I cause I'd see everybody
2: around me like hustling and,
1: and you know putting in the work. So I was like, all right, I got to keep up. Um, and, you know, and then I also was able to make friends from, with this couple. That actually, he was in the military and he was actually over here with us for a few months um, on a UDP. And now he's back in the states with his wife. But him and his wife, I would see them working out together all the time. And his wife was in like crazy good shape, and he's in like amazing good shape. Like he's got crazy genetics. And you know, I was able to make friends with them. And you know. To this day, they they push me to just keep getting better because they're ridiculously fit. So, yeah, so American fitness I think is just amazing, um, especially the vibe. Here overseas, uh, really like out in town, you don't see a lot of like fit Japanese people. Um, (laughs) I've really actually never seen like a Japanese um, bodybuilder. I know there is one that's in the States, um, like, and he's from Japan and he competes, but like here, Walking around, never seen a, a, a Japanese man that's like super fit. I've never seen a Japanese woman that's super fit. So I don't think. Do you think... actually have
0: like a lot of gyms in Japan?
1: There's a lot of like CrossFit gyms that I see out in town. Um, but I, I've literally never seen like a swole Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen one here. Um, and then here, even on base, uh, there's just not that vibe, that intensity. Uh, I kind of hate this gym, to be honest with you. Um, I go in there and like people are usually just kind of standing around talking to each other kind of like lollygagging their workouts like I don't see a lot of intensity there are some I'm not gonna say all of it's bad there are some um, and and I love those people I love when they're at the gym because it just pushes me but yeah overseas fitness I feel like um, I don't feel like a lot of people compete over here like the ones that are you know in the military and stuff so I feel like maybe they don't have like that same drive I, I feel like um, a lot of it is just, they're just there because the Marine Corps says they got to be fit. So they're just like, Hey, Marine Corps says I have to do pull-ups. So I'm just going to do pull-ups. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I miss being in that American gym atmosphere over here, I, over here it just kind of sucks. Um, plus the gym I work out at has really shitty equipment, very limited equipment. And usually half the equipment is always broken. Mm. So it, so it's really frustrating. Um long-term goals i just want to just get bigger and better um i would i would love to look anything like Shanique grant who is the miss olympia right now she is like she has like the most perfect physique i've ever seen in my life
2: um, Agreed. that
1: would be a goal to look like her would be a dream come true uh will it ever happen who knows um how many max push-ups can i do like three <laughs> i can do like three push-ups because my shoulder. i'm telling you i don't think people understand when i say my shoulder hurts so bad like even just not even actually doing a push-up doing the motion right now it hurts my shoulder so i try to do push-ups because people keep tagging me in the challenges like hey push-ups and i'm like "Mm, one two done can't i can't do anymore
0: have you tried like a tens unit for that
1: yeah i do i have my own tens unit um I have my whole cupping set. I have, you know, all this like I have a bunch of equipment. Um nothing has seemed to really I think I need to see a um like a neurophysical therapist.
2: Like a specialist, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and I think they need to do a lot of manual work or something. Um nothing seems to be working.
0: Okay, so uh Billy. So uh, the thing about Billy is He used to copy and paste His uh, questions every podcast <laughs> So anyways I called him out on one I think it was uh, Nat Lyons I think his podcast I called him out on it I said dude you gotta find new questions You gotta stop copy and pasting So he actually does pretty good Billy, you know what, good job Billy He actually good does he, rec- he researches and shit now I, I'm proud. He's
1: doing good, he's growing
0: Yeah he's he's growing, good man he is. I love him. I call it adulting. Good job, Billy. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, his questions: How difficult was it uh, to get adjusted to the time zone in Japan from when you were in the states?
1: Uh, that expect- that actually wasn't very hard.
0: I'll go to the second one afterwards. Anyways,
1: sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm sorry. Um, it wasn't really hard because it was a 13 hour flight, um, and I just told myself we we're, we were leaving seattle so we flew out of and we left seattle in the morning um and i tracked it i was like all right 13 hour flight we're going to be in japan at night um i told myself i'm not going to sleep so i stayed up the whole 13 hours so by the time i got to japan i was tired and i'd go straight to bed instead of sleeping on the flight and then getting here being wide awake and having jet lag so that was actually pretty easy because i just told myself don't sleep stay awake uh, once you get to Japan, then you'll sleep. So I got here, went to sleep, woke up, felt great. And I just kept, it didn't really bother me after that.
0: So when you did that, like, was it, uh, so you 13 hours, say you leave in the morning and you just go throughout the one day or 13 hours in that day. Right. And uh did it feel like, uh wow, it was Sunday and now it's Monday. I've, I've been on a plane for a whole day. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> that was really weird because I was like, wait, we left at this day and I've been on that and like, I'm still on this day. Like, I was like, what the heck? Um, yeah, it was trippy at first, um, uh, but not so bad because like I said, I stayed awake. So I was like, whatever. I got here and I was just, I was just tired, went to bed, woke up and that was good. But, um, but yeah, it, was, it wasn't it too hard. But yeah, the, the whole, you live a day ahead, takes a while to get used to.
0: Yeah. Uh, how did it affect things in the beginning like your workouts, sleep, and diet?
1: Um, so, workouts, it really, really didn't affect anything. Because like I said, I, I got here, I went to bed, I woke up, felt great. I didn't actually suffer jet lag. Um, sleep is always good. I, I, all my life, I've always run off of very little sleep. I don't know, I'm weird. Um, I feel like if I get eight hours of sleep for the whole day, I feel groggy. Um, but if I get like six hours of sleep or less, I feel great.
0: Well, waking wow. up at seven in the morning on a farm or a ranch, at uh, like seven years old for the, your whole childhood probably has some, something to do with that. Right?
1: <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. So yeah, so sleep was great. I guess when I first got here, workouts were so good. Diet. Um, my diet was awful when we first got here because all the new food, um, the ramen, uh, the, the sushi, you know, like everything was so new, I was like, we oh, just had to have it all. So I think I, I got a little bit, um a little bit pudgy probably when I first got here. Uh We yeah. were just stuff in our face. With everything, everything was so new, so good. Um But yeah, so my diet was was trash when I first got here because everything just went in my face.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, and then he, he makes sure he lets me know that he's been trying. <laughs> so good job, Billy. Again, you know what? Call out to Billy. Good questions.
1: Good job. good job, yeah, I like okay. your question, thank you.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, Tim, how do people in Japan feel about America?
1: So, let's see. Oh man. Here, <laughs> here, in Amer- or here being in Japan, kind of um, mixed feelings. There's a lot of people who actually will sit outside the bases and protest um, Saying that they don't want Americans here, they want Americans out. You know, this is this is their island. We have no business being here. Yada yada. Um, so there's that. But they're also they're paid protesters. So it, is that truly how they feel? Not 100% sure. Um, because I will tell you what, every Japanese woman on this island would marry an American man in a heartbeat. <laughs> so, um, and you see that a lot. You see so many Americans marry. Um, these Japanese locals, so I feel like I feel like they probably you know they have to like Americans in America because you know they want to come to America
0: Land um, of opportunity
1: yeah, yeah, I mean I, I'd want to be an American too, you know um, but yeah, so I think it's it's kind of hit or miss. I think a lot of the, maybe the older generation doesn't accept um, America and Americans, you know because you know they were here when we uh, nuked them. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Not sorry. They kind of kind of <laughs> had it coming. But, <laughs> Your fault. My bad. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, they're 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 really nice people. Um, they're they're very yeah. polite. Um, most of them, I think, seem to seem to like us in America. and America. But again, it's hit or mess So far, I haven't really met anyone that was like rude to me or said like, "Oh, you're American." can't do this, can't do that, but I, I will tell you, I never felt discrimination in my life being a woman or being a Hispanic or anything like that until I came to America or came to Japan. You do get discriminated because you're an American, not because you're this or that, but you're like, ooh, you're American, you're not Asian. you know they look down on you. Um, anything you do here is automatically your fault, if, even if like get in a car crash and they hit you. You're the American,
0: you're the foreigner, so you are at fault. So it's kind of annoying. Yeah, I can see I can see why. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh Mike Crowley, your favorite area to work out. I'm um, so, um now I was I read this one, I don't know if he's actually talking about place or like body part area kinda, you know, like muscle group, maybe.
1: Um yeah, so if, if it comes to like area if you're thinking about place definitely in a gym i am not motivated at home i hate i hate home workouts <laughs> um well, I, saw uh, I saw
0: you doing tire flips and shit the other a little bit ago
1: yeah yeah so i mean that's i can't do stuff like at home like, i hate it um but that that's like my, my second best thing is uh there's a little like marine corps fitness outside area where you can do tire flips pull-ups um lift a log and stuff so i'll go do that that's to me, that's still pretty fun and challenging. Um, If it's body part, um, probably back. Uh, I love back just because I really don't have any pain (laughs) when I do back. So that's probably my my favorite plate, my favorite body part to hit.
0: All right. And uh, your favorite action sledge and AMN product?
1: Uh, Favorite action sledge product, probably the grind, just because that's something that I always take, no matter... Um, no matter what, so I can take that even if I've had a surgery. I can take that um, if I'm pregnant, if I'm breastfeeding, like the grind is always there. It's always an essential for me to take it every day. And in product, um, hands down, the vegan protein. I've fallen in love with that stuff. I take my vegan protein every single day. I've made it every which way possible from ice cream to pancakes to muffins to cookies, like everything. I, I'm obsessed with the vegan protein. I have like four tubs of it already. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I haven't tried it. I'll try it eventually. Yeah,
1: I try it! It's so good. It's delicious.
0: The flavor sounds amazing. So,
1: yeah, they they did an amazing job with the flavor. I love it.
0: Uh, how's life in Japan versus life in the states?
1: Um, the thing about Japan is like nothing is really convenient here. Um, even though this is like um the island's only like sixty miles long. It, the traffic here is ridiculous. So get to get from one side to island to the other side will take you completely all day. Um, living, especially on base, like everything closes early, uh, which makes no sense to me uh, because I feel like they have to realize, you know, military schedules is not like a nine to five job. So I'm like, why is everything shut down um, at certain times? But um, I definitely miss the convenience of the states where, you know, if somebody's sick, you know, in the middle of the night you can down to a Walmart or a CVS or something. Um, here, as a military member, uh, there is a curfew. Like you can't leave base um, after one o'clock, two o'clock, something like that. I mean, I've never leave base so, at that time, so I forget. But but you have a curfew. Um, you know, you're not like as free. Where right? like in, in the states, even as military, you're a little bit more free to, to do stuff. But here, they completely dictate. If I can go off base you know or not if I could shop at a store or not um so I definitely miss the United States I miss the freedom <laughs> you okay. don't know what freedom is like until you lose it <laughs> <laughs>
2: um uh
1: but it, it's beautiful I I can't I can't talk too bad about it because it, it's amazing to be able to experience another culture um experience the food you know the life um but definitely America hands down best road system in the world. Here, the driving is god awful, horrendous. The light system here is terrible. People don't know how to drive here. <laughs> it's terrible.
0: Uh, let's see. What's the biggest fish you've caught? Uh, what's the best catch? Not the husband either. I think you already <laughs> covered the husband, so we'll go with.
1: Um, biggest fish, uh, probably the, the marlin. It's about a 300 pound marlin. Um, Jeez. best catch, best catch. Um, I don't know because, like, I think when people say best catch, you know, they think, oh, you know, the biggest fish, which would be like big marlin or wahoo that I've caught. But I think when I catch like a huge flounder, I get more excited than anything because I, I love flounder. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I've caught like a five pound flounder before, and to me, that's like my trophy fish. I'm like, look at this flounder. <laughs> well, the, three, the
0: 300 pounder had probably put up a fight though you know what i
1: mean yeah yeah that's true i mean those those when you get into the bigger game fish it gets it, hard to reel in and um i mean i was pregnant when i reeled in some big old mahi and and uh some swordfish and stuff but uh but yeah i mean and i i also love catching big drum um so when i've, I've caught some big old bulls and i think those are some of my best catches
0: mm. All uh, right. Jake Bloom, who is your fitness icon or someone you look up to? I'm assuming, well, you already covered Seth.
1: I do. I love Seth. Um, probably from a woman's perspective, I want to look like a woman, <laughs> bodybuilder. Not that I, I mean, if I could look like Seth, cool, but <laughs> look like a woman. Um, Shanique Grant, who is the two time Miss Olympia, she's amazing, beautiful. Juliana um, Malacarne. Who was the reigning queen before her? Gorgeous, like she yeah. has massive legs that I would give anything for. Um, but I think personally, I I met, I was able to befriend this this woman who worked out at Gold's Gym in Jacksonville. Um, she actually is an IFBB pro. Her name is Shannon, and I really admire her a lot, um, just because like, you know, I went up to her one day and just to talk to you know compliment her and talk to her, and she was just so humble and so sweet and just. Took so much time to to answer all my questions and and whatnot and you know she's huge she's she's massive she she looks like she could be Miss Olympia she's beautiful and um, she's someone I really admire uh, you can look her up Shannon Sarmento she's wonderful
0: you know what just for sake of science how do you spell that
1: uh, Shannon so S H A N N O N I believe. I gotta pull it up on Instagram, and then Sarmento. It's just how it sounds.
2: Yeah,
1: S H A N N O N Sarmento, S A R M E N T O. Yep, that is her. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. Like, and being able to like watch her work out in the gym, like that was incredible for me I used to just like stare at her <laughs> I used to just just like because I would just try to you know like see you know what is she doing you know exactly how is she doing it you know why is she doing it um but, yeah because she she's amazing um but yeah she she got her pro card um I believe the year that I met her um I'm trying to get a good picture from her Facebook or her Instagram I don't know. oh there you go yeah, she's a yeah.
0: she's a little older too.
1: Yeah, she is, and that that's what's even more mm-hmm. like motivational because I sat, I I was talking to her one day, and I was like, look, I'm already twenty some years old, you know, like I think I've missed my <laughs> I think I've missed my chance, and she was
2: like, heck no,
1: because Julianna Malacarne was like 35 years old when she won Olympia and you know, and then Shannon, yeah, she's she's in her th- late 30s, I believe,
2: and seeing
1: that she she was like, look. The older you get you know the women's muscle um matures better when you're actually a little bit older and it looks better so she's like she's like you just started she's like you'll do great she's like just keep pushing so yeah so the fact that i was like oh man look at her she got her pro card in her 30s i'm like i can do this i can do this i'm not too old just yet
0: yeah all right mr dante petrella himself uh Dream location to go fishing, plus your favorite fish to catch. I think you already talked to uh, – you already mentioned, well, when you catch your marlin.
1: Uh, flounder is probably my favorite fish wow. to catch. Um, just because I swear I can pull out a flounder no matter where I'm at. <laughs> my husband well me the flounder whisperer. Um, dream location, <laughs> that's hard. Um, my dream location, like, that I've ever just wanted to go just in general – is Australia. And I've never been able to go there. But I want to go there just for like vacation. But I also want to fish there.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm dying to go fishing in there. But some of the best fishing in the world is in Costa Rica. And him and I have talked about this on Instagram. Like we we need to go to Costa Rica so we can catch um, some big old rooster fish. We'll probably have to do like a demo crew fishing trip. We can, Mike can come too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we can all just just have like the greatest vacation of of a lifetime. Um, but yeah, so
0: please come, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, Joey too, yeah. Whoever wants to come fishing with us, let's let's do this because mm-hmm. yeah, I'm dying to go to Costa Rica, um, but I yeah, I really um, really love catching flounder. That's that's my big my biggest thing. Redfish is fun too, though.
0: All right, Mr. Nat Lines. Uh are the ingredient profiles um of supplements different from Japanese brands compared to American brands?
1: I know that they are uh, here in Japan very, very strict um on what can go even into their okay. foods. Um so there is that difference. A lot of American brands, not Axe and Sledge and but a lot of American brands, you know, they, they kind of put a lot of fillers, a lot of crap in their stuff. Um so here in Japan, definitely they don't have a lot of that junk in there. Um, I haven't really tried a bunch of their stuff. Um, I've only tried some uh, protein bars, and they were actually really, really good. Um, yeah. Better than a lot of the ones I've had in the states.
0: Yeah, I'm dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joey Brooks, how do you balance family and fitness? Uh, Hell song or passion?
1: Justin Franklin.
0: Franklin, yeah, or Stephen for Dick.
1: Um, how do I balance it? Uh, I'm a very, very scheduled person. Um, I, everything is in my like my planner. <laughs> I plan out my days. I have an itinerary for everything. Um, but uh, I think the main thing is on the weekends is it's all about family. so um I, I usually ask my daughter what does she want to do and I just do that, whether it's the zoo you know sometimes she, she wants to go fishing so we go fishing like everything on the weekend is just all family um but Monday through Friday it's it's work school and then you know fitness and for me fitness is work too um so it's all scheduled in um Hillsong or Passion I would say Hillsong that's what I grew up with um I love Hillsong um I was a worship leader so I took a lot of the songs from Hillsong that's what I would sing in church Um, I'm going to have to go with Jensen Franklin, hands down, because, again, I grew up with Jensen Franklin. Uh, I'd actually go to his youth conventions every year. Um, I I love him. He's been part of my life forever. Um, I'm hoping to actually go with him and his group to Israel next year. Not this year, but next year.
0: That'd be cool. Uh, Where it all happened. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Favorite sushi. Sushi.
1: Uh, Favorite sushi, so that's a little bit hard. Um, In the States, when I did have sushi, uh, I hated it. It I thought it was absolutely disgusting. Um, My husband and I took me once, and I just, like, came home and threw up (laughs) half the night. Maybe it's bad sushi, I don't know, but I never ate it after that um, until I came here to Japan. And here in Japan, sushi is not even near the same as it is in the States. It's actually um, sashimi which is just um, rice and um, like a cut filet of the fish. So um, you don't have all these fancy rolls and different things that they do in the States. Um, It's very simple, but here it's amazing. And I think um, if I do get sushi, uh, not too often, I I try to stay as vegan as possible, but I do, I'm more sometimes pescatarian. Um, I'll just get, uh, I think here, just the, it's just the rice with, salmon on top of it. Um, That's like my favorite thing. Um, Here they have uh, these restaurants where you sit down in a booth. There's no servers no nothing but but there's like a little digital screen. Um, And you put in your order and there's like a little conveyor belt and the food comes right to your table. So you order the sushi. So yeah, so on the screen you say you want tuna and whatever, you know, salmon, You, you want shrimp, you order, put in your order, and the next thing you know, it comes on the conveyor belt and stops. You pick it up right there at your table. It's amazing. I think I've shown, shown it on my Instagram a couple times, but um, I'll show it again now later. So if people, yeah, are
2: interested.
1: <laughs> if people are interested, go to my Instagram. I'll post it again. Um, it's pretty amazing. I wish we had that concept in the States because you're just alone in a booth, putting in your order. The food comes right to you. And it, it's awesome. Hmm.
0: Um, all right, Cameron, when you're not into a workout, what motivates you to kill the next workout?
2: Um, so I'm trying to think if he means like a specific workout that
1: I'm doing or just the whole workout in general. But like a lot of times if I'm in the gym and something's not working, like, you know, my shoulder's killing me. Um, what motivates me is just me telling myself, like, I got to figure out something that it's going to work for me um, a lot of times.
0: I think what he's talking about is like, uh, you know, when you're like, like when I said, um, okay, you work out, you got to kind of read your body or whatever, right? And you start doing arms and then you've, you're you like, ah, I'm not feeling arms. So then you switch to like chest or something. Like you're not into your workout really. And then you have to switch it up. Maybe.
1: I, the biggest thing when I, when I hit that, when, I, when something's not feeling right, um I literally, and this every time I'll just grab my phone and I'll look up. A Seth Grossi video, yeah. and um, especially if I'm hitting something and I'm not feeling like I'm hitting it right, um, I'll watch one of his videos where he's explaining it, and then and then that's what I'll have it playing in my headphones, and, and I'll just keep referencing back to the video, uh, and that's really what motivates me is just getting some inspiration on how to do a workout differently, which is he's very awesome at explaining. You know, he says that a, a lot of people do the workout like this, I don't like it, so I do it like this. So I'm like, hey, that's a good idea, I'll try that. So That's my biggest um, motivation is is pulling him up on on my phone and then just watching through how he does a workout and changing it up.
0: Hmm, That's a good idea. I'm going to try try that. I actually, uh, like when I have my own set workouts and actually it's a lot of his workouts as well. And uh, I mean, I think think a lot of us took a lot of his workouts and integrated into our our own, you know.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But if I don't feel something – like if, uh, like say for my chest in it, for instance, I, I like I, my chest is my favorite body part to work out, but if I don't get a good pump, then, uh, I'm just going to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to pull up that, you know, 12 week Seth Frosty plan and I'm going to go to a, one of the more intense chest workouts and I'm just going to knock that out. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or I'll pull up arms way. and I'll switch it to arms or something. But yeah, that's like my go-to is uh 12 week program. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm gonna
1: have to try it out. Um, right now I'm just I'm got back to where I'm trying to lean out. Um, but yeah, I'll have
2: to do it when I'm trying to get back into that more like that mass building.
0: I think uh, I think the mass building part because if you like once you say you get it, once you start reading it, you're gonna notice that it's a lot. A lot of it is based off of diet. It just tells you how much you should you should eat if you want to gain mass, you know. But I mean the. Yeah. The workouts are super intense, a crap ton of sets. Like, it tells you when to lift heavy and when not to lift heavy. But, I mean, um, a lot of it is just, like, high intensity. You know, how sets. set i am have
1: to try it. i am have to try it because that, that's right up my alley.
0: But, like, I have I've,
1: I've been loving watching um, Dougie Flex. Oh, my gosh. Like, I see his stories. So I'm like, man, your workouts look crazy. I want to try them. <laughs> yeah. I want to do them.
0: Yeah, no, he's he's a big fella, too, man.
1: He is. He's awesome.
0: All right. Uh, best dive bar.
1: I've, I've really never been into a bar. <laughs> uh, not a huge drinker. I've, I've never partied, never, not even when I was in college. I never drank until I married my husband. And that's still very rare that I do drink. Um, I've never been into a bar. I, I, well, no, I like. I went into one bar after a ball one time. Um, after the Marine Corps ball, we went to a bar with one of my husband's friends. It was like a Russian bar. Um, I don't know the name. It was in Wilmington, North Carolina. And it was actually really good. I got like a fruity blueberry drink. I don't know what it was called, but that was all I had. So I guess that was my favorite, but I don't know the name. of it. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> uh, favorite superhero.
1: Green Arrow. Green Arrow, hands down. Since I was a little girl, I was obsessed with Green Arrow.
0: Green Arrow, huh?
1: Badass. Because he's he was the only DC character that would actually
2: kill people.
0: Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right on that one. No, he yeah. uh, What's his name? Daredevil. I thought Daredevil killed people.
1: Yeah, but is Marvel,
0: wasn't he? Was he? Maybe I, I don't he's know. Marvel. He he was, like, he was very short-lived, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, but Green Arrow, hands down, and then when they, they made the show, um I was really excited, but I never had a time to watch TV, so I never finished the show. I've never, I never – I really want to make time to watch more because I've seen some of the episodes, and I'm like, it's amazing. <laughs>
0: uh if you could sing exactly like the person who sings it, what song would you do for a halftime show at the Super
2: Bowl? If
1: I could have any voice, I would love to sound like Kelly Clarkson. because like she's one of the greatest voices of all time. Um, but Journey is my favorite band, so I'd probably I would probably sing like separate ways by Journey. If I could sound um, like them, that'd be cool.
0: Yeah. I think mine would be Seether. <laughs> he's got a
1: he's got a really interesting like raspy
0: voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I he's like still, and they're still going. You know, I just looked up their recent stuff, and they they're still still going. They're
1: old guys, yeah, even Journey, they're still doing it. I'm like, oh yeah.
0: man, and they're hey still guys. good. You know, and <laughs> they
1: are. You know, it's are. Like, man,
0: how are you doing that? <laughs> All right, uh, would you rather, um, ask? his computer automated questions or the new questions he asks. <laughs> Billy.
1: <laughs> I like his new
2: questions.
0: Yeah, Billy, stay let's let's stick with your uh stick with your new questions. Yeah,
2: I like his new questions.
0: Because we already we already know the answers to the ones that you asked <laughs> for. <laughs> and then oh, he put uh, the automated questions were legit. I had another <laughs> I wanted to ask but I had to study for that one also. <laughs> Just busting your balls. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Gotta love it. All right. Last but not least, Mr. Paul Sanders, the man himself. Uh, What what motivates and drives
1: you? I think now one of my biggest motivations is my kids, especially my daughter. Um, I want her to be able to, to look at me and realize that if she can do anything, um, that no matter what you've been through in life, anything is possible. Um, you know, because I haven't had it easiest, but like I overcame everything that everyone said I would never be able to do. You know, like nobody in my family had went to college before me. So it was always, Oh, you're, you're a poor kid who can't afford college. You'll never be able to go. You'll never get a degree. at Me now, you know, I, I busted my ass. Um, you know, and I, Made my way through college, I did have some scholarships, but here I am. Um, you know, in fitness, it's like I was always a really good athlete. I pushed myself, even though I had a lot of pain, but I still did it. And even to this day, you know, it's like they say, Oh, once you have kids, and you, you can't, there goes your career, there goes your education, you can't do this, can't do that. I, I really want my daughter to look at me and be like, Hey, if my mom can do it, I can do it. So that really motivates me, knowing that she's watching my every move. Um, you know, and say with my son, but, you know, I know he'll look up to his father, you know, a lot more as a role model, but, um, you know, I do want him to see that no matter what, you know, I just kept pushing. Um, and then the biggest thing, too, I think was how I was raised was, uh, if I'm going to do something, I better give it a thousand percent. I better be the best at it. You know, like, don't ever half-ass anything. So that's, that's a big motivation for me, too, is just don't half-ass it. If I'm going to do it, I better be the best. I better give my hundred percent. Um, but yeah, just just being better than I was yesterday, being better than I was last week again. Seeing everybody now too, the community with the demo crew—that's that's so motivating. Um, you know, looking at everybody else's story and seeing what they've gone through and realizing like, hey, they can do it. You know, even though life's dealing, life has dealt them this hand, I can do it too. Um, so that's really motivating. Um, and then my husband, uh, watching him, like he's he's in the military, so you know he busts his ass
2: you know, they, they overwork
1: him, but yet he's he's going to school too, he's going to college, you know, and I see where he, you know, what goals that he has, and what he has to do, and sacrifice to achieve them, and, and that to me is really motivating, he's amazing, he's always been like, you know, somebody that I look up to, you know, his with his attitude in life, um, with his drive, his determination, so he pushes me too, but I think that that's the main things, my kids, my family, and then knowing that I don't ever wanna be mediocre if I'm gonna do something I wanna be the best, yeah,
0: well, that's where uh all of our mentality's at is why we so why we're all the same in the demo crew one big yeah. big aspect of it
1: yeah it's it's amazing i I can't think access enough for building what they built you know something completely out of the box something fully different than other supplement companies it's amazing, and I'm yeah really grateful to be a part of that,
0: yeah it's uh It's like one of those uh, rare finds that you just, just changes just everything, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely does. Cause even, you know, after I had my son, well, if I wouldn't have been accepted to the demo crew, I'm not even a hundred percent sure. You know, I would have had such a drive after having my son. Cause you know, I kind of felt like, well, I'm all the way back to square one. (laughs) Like it's never going to happen for me because here I am again, 80 pounds heavier. I weighed like 215 with my son. Um, but being a part of that demo crew, I, you know, come out of it, I was like, you know, I I I'm here, you know, I'm representing Axe and Sledge. You know, I don't want people to look at me and be like, you know, she half asses everything, she's not in shape, you know, like, you know, I want them to see Axe and Sledge's, you know, motto and their their way of life through me. So I was like, all right, I gotta I gotta step it up again. I, I have to be motivated, I have to push myself, I have to be better. So I, I really think, you know, the, the demo crew helped me, you know, keep that mentality after my son and just realize like, you know, I, I got to keep pushing. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not done. I'm not too old yet. <laughs>
0: yeah, and we'll, we'll all put like a boot in your ass if you slow down. Yeah. So
1: exactly. I, you I love now. that. <laughs> I love that. I need that. I need that in my life. I need someone to keep me in line and like, Hey, Hey, what what are you doing? Come
0: on. Back to it. Go get
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, but uh anyway sierra um i appreciate you taking your time getting on i know it's uh we were gonna do this what last weekend but yeah. just, i mean the time difference and you know you're kind of a day you're a day in the future so it's uh you know we had to both work with each other on this one so i appreciate it i appreciate the time it was a uh, really good information and it's good to get to know you and get to know well, thank you. your backstory thank you
2: know i appreciate you i appreciate you
1: having me on and- think it of me you know it's it's really an honor to be a part of this and and talk to you and get to know you even more it's been it's been great i love it
0: yeah well i mean the the honor is all mine and uh like i said for everybody that's listening this podcast this podcast is to get everybody's story out there um i pick a lot of crew members because um we all have the same mentality of just fuck shit up and be best at every aspect of life. Be a hundred give a hundred and ten percent. And uh, you know, Sierra, you're one of them. That's why, why I chose you because you. I try to I try to pick wisely. <laughs> but, uh, Thank you. Anyway, so um thanks for coming on. Everybody, thanks for listening. Uh like it, share it, get her story out there because somebody that has the same problems or has been is going through the same thing that she went through. Um you know, my goal is that the one person that actually needs this podcast will hear it and it'll change life. That's my goal. So anyways, uh,
2: thanks again. And I will be keeping in touch. Awesome. Thank you.